0: Log Talk Radio.
1: On okay hell Y'all know I just I do man Crazy week I have to talk to you guys About it so much Going on a lot <laughs> And so uh, That's why the show Wasn't on Saturday you know I had to get my nails Done you know it was a nail day And then I went To my first concert Like in a year in like was it Like a year uh, What's Six months, seven months, <laughs> man. Oh, I'll talk to y'all about that in a minute. But I was extra hype. Okay, Kim and Babyface. It was so good. Shout out to our friends who gave us, who gifted us with these tickets. It was what, I was like, yeah. I would, and it was so funny because I was gonna talk to my husband about, you know, going, I was like, hey, yeah, let's go ahead and see Babyface and everything, but a friend contacted him and said, hey, no, I have tickets, I was like, ah, <laughs> so that was great, so I have to, I have to talk to you guys about that kind of, because I'm going to give it kind of, kind of a review, I guess, yeah, and talk to you all about that a little bit later on into the show. So that was great. You know, I'm getting ready to start back school. I'm very nervous. This is I, I think I only I'm 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 hoping crossing my fingers I only have like a little bit left. This is like my last hopefully my last year. Y'all pray for me. <laughs> this is it though. <laughs> so I'm excited about that. That's good news. Everybody excited? Yes, yes, I'm so excited. <laughs> and um you know, okay, I might as well go ahead with you guys, you know, about your uh, it's a word. We got so much we're going to talk about. Oh, and plus, I'm trying to figure out if there's going to be a show next Saturday or not because I have a lot going on next Saturday. It may be, if I do have it, it may be Saturday night or Sunday night. I got to have this fun makeup class, and I can't wait to tell you all about it. Saturday I'm having. God bless. I'm going to be in Kansas City, and I'm having this makeup class with a young lady who does a lot of the models and stuff in Kansas City's, you know, makeup and stuff. And she's going to do a a makeup class of me and some other models from Pam Newton's Academy. So I'm so excited for it. I'm excited about that. So I'll be at home this week. So, you know, we'll probably have a show. It'll just probably be at a weird time. I'll be at home in Kansas City, Okay. I'm, I'm home here, but I'm, I'll be at my hometown, Kansas City, okay? So we'll talk about more about that. I'm sure I'll have a crazy weekend that weekend, too. But, you know, we'll try to have a show. I'm thinking we're going to have a show, okay? So, you know, I'm sure, I'm, I'm hoping. Cross my fingers on that one, okay? All right, so this week I guess I'm going to jump right into it's a word because I feel like I don't even know if this is a word really <laughs> I, you know, every now and then I share something very personal with you guys on here. I do. I like, I feel like I do. You know, for my Scorpio nature, I feel like I share a lot. Okay, and that's probably my Libra stellium sharing all of this. I have a Gemini, Gemini in the eleventh house, which is you know, I, yeah. <laughs> Mercury and Sagittarius. I don't know. You know, it's a lot of things going on in me. Okay, It seems more eerie that I share sometimes, <laughs> but. This week I really felt the need to share because I felt like it was gonna be a great it's a word for someone out there who is uh just going through things in life, right? And so here is it here it is. Sometimes God this is your it's a word for the week. Sometimes God sets you back, uh sets you, um uh, how can I say this? Sets you back on purpose by reminding you of your mortality. for the last three weeks, right? Two to three weeks. I have been nervous as shit. I can't lie to y'all. <laughs> uh I had, you know, my yearly mammogram back in July and I'm thinking, okay <laughs> You know, this is normal. I go in and get <laughs> and get it done. And during the mammogram I remember it very strange because she was having a Problem with adjusting me in a, a certain breast. And I was like, this is really weird. But sometimes when I have weird things like that happen to me, sometimes I have to pay attention to them because they're little bits of premonition for me. You know what I'm saying? Like something's getting ready to come up. Pay attention or whatever. I have like a, I have kind of intuitive, kind of you know nudges and stuff like that. I'm a Scorpio. <laughs> but probably about two days later after this mailing ramp, I get a call. No, it wasn't even two days. Maybe it was like a day, day or a day day or two, maybe a day or two. Two days later. I get a call from my doctor's office and say we need you to we have to check you again. And I'm like, What? What do you mean? <laughs> you need to do your mammogram over. Oh, I I don't get it. What why well, should I do my mammogram over? <laughs> um Thinking we may see something I mean, no worries I'm like, what? What do you mean no worries? What the fuck? Right? And then on top of that My insurance, right? You know, so, you know They don't pay as much When you have it So that was some bullshit Happening too You know, they don't pay as much When they, you know When you're going back This is And I and I learned so much Because normally I just have a normal Mailmagram and going About my business But I learned so much From what women struggle with You know, with certain things And one of the things Is that when you go back when, you, when they notice something on your breast uh, mammogram or something, it's considered diagnostic after that. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and so, you know, you may have to pay a little bit more. So what I did is I, you know, I didn't chose the imaging center at my doctor's office because my doctor's connected to a hospital, and I chose not to. I said, no, I'm not going to do that. And, we and you know, and so they put me with another imaging center. that was much cheaper and everything on my insurance, much cheaper for me. And so... But the whole time I'm like a nervous wreck because they're like, okay, we see some most of the time, you know, this can be, you know, benign. I'm like, what the hell? So, I, and I had a trip to Kansas City coming up. I had to go see my little cousin nieces, and I was like, oh god, you know, I've got to be cool. This whole time, and not knowing what the hell is going on with my breast. And let me tell you, it was right before my, you know, your menstrual cycle. And women know, right before our menstrual cycle, our breasts hurt and everything. <laughs> Sometimes, not all of us, but some of us have these little things. So every little freaking thing that was happening to my breast, I'm going, oh, my God. I'm just nervous. You know, I'm nervous. I'm doing redoing my breast exam. I'm going, what? Can they see. What in the world is going on? <laughs> What's going on? Right, and so I was so nervous when I get back. I'm like, okay, I gotta get it done earlier. And, and I call them and that day. The lady says, okay, yeah, you know, you can come in today and do it. I will tell you this: I had a fabulous group at this place. This, this, these people were fabulous. I should have went to them from the beginning. They were great. And so, have them the You know, getting just as a waiting period. And you know, when I come in. She's, you know, she's very open that, with me. This, you know, the uh, person who's doing the testing. She said, "Okay, you know," because I had to bring my CDs and everything from the other breast exam. And she says, "Let me explain to you," which I've never seen before. I was like, "Whoa!" They're explaining to me what they see. You know what I'm saying? And so she's explaining to me. We, you know, there's a buildup. Let me show you where it's at. It's, it's here's the, here's the, news. Here's the bad news. It is something there, and I'm like. <gasps> You know, so I'm already I'm freaking out. I'm like, oh my god, what do you mean? You know? And she said, but we don't know what it is yet, so we're gonna retest and everything, and we'll tell you. You know, they had other tests and stuff. I was like, oh my god, what is going on? This is crazy, <laughs> right? So, um, and so I was like, you know, so the, so I did the test again. You know, we did it. We took the brush shots and everything. And so there was a period where I had to wait. And I'm in this hallway by myself and I'm wrapped up in this gown and I'm like, Oh my God. Life changing moment. Like you're thinking to yourself, all the deep dark things and I'm like I'm thinking to myself, What this is so many women go through this every day and you know, you're waiting for that answer, like, oh shit, what is it going to be after we took these tests and everything? What are they going to come and say to me? I am nervous as hell, right, because this could be a moment. It's going to take me somewhere completely I didn't expect. And that happens, you know what I'm saying? And, I, you know, I've watched, and here's the thing, you know, I was very familiar with this kind of thing, even though it wasn't, you know, breast anything, breast. but my granny went through cancer twice, so I kind of am familiar with the kind of energy that surrounds the idea or the fear of cancer, right? And so I was like, oh god. This is and it was I can tell you, it was the most excruciating waiting period. <laughs> One of the most excruciating. Even though I had this feeling deep down inside that everything was going to be okay, but yet I was it was still a very scary moment. And so she comes out. She's just come in and stuff like that. She says, you know, the radiologist. we just talk to him. Everything, everything is okay. It's benign. And so I'm like, oh, God, thank God. Right? But she's like, we got to watch you for, you know, a little while and stuff like that, you know, because we want to make sure this doesn't turn into something different or whatever. But it was so frightening. At that moment, I was like, you know what? All the bullshit has to go. <laughs> I, swear, I, I didn't hear what she was saying because I was like, you know, Literally, that was a fear moment. And I was like, you know, all the bullshit has to go. If there is no purpose, you know, I was thinking to myself, if there's no purpose for certain things in my life, then it has to go. I'm, I'm going to have to start reexamining. And I was already on this kick of reexamining things in my life and everything. You know, when you get to that middle age part of your life, you start reexamining shit anyway. <laughs> and I'm
2: still in the midst of
1: that. And I was like, okay, this really was a moment for me because it not only showed me how the, you know, and I knew this. I know this, right? In my my head I know this, but it's a different thing when you're feeling it in your spirit, when your own mortality is looking you dead in your face, right? And so I was thinking to myself, like, you know, you know, during this time, what if it had come back differently? You know, that, and, and the whole thing was, the whole thing is that, thank God it didn't, but it was a life-opening moment to let me know that life is always, it always has a process of movement. Somewhere... In the world, despite all these things that are happening in our world, COVID-19, people are frightened of it, and I've talked about this on the show before countless of times, uh, you know, the Afghanistan war going on, all these things that, threatening, that threaten, you know, um some of some to some people, global uh, you know, global warming, all these things that threaten our very human existence, right, going on around us. But somewhere, I thought, in a doctor's office, in a radiologist's office, it's a woman who's sitting there with her life on the line, or, or some maybe a man? You know what I'm saying? Somebody sitting there with their lives being, you know, where their lives are being challenged, but not with all the the other dangers going on in the world, but suddenly they're directly challenged, right? And it shows you how precious and important your life force is every day. I mean, it wasn't COVID threatening me, even though this week, and I'll have to say this, this week I even found out something this, this, this morning that one of my, you know, and I've had a family member uh, pass away of COVID-19. But I found out one of my good friends, like, you know, was on a and I was like, what? You know, and he had just wrote me a few days. And I was like, what? Are you serious right now? But it just shows you that life is a constant cycle and that every day, Something. Something. We're moving towards some some destination, right? And the thing is, is that as you move towards that destination, what I thought is important at this time to share with you guys. And I, I I'm, I'm kind of knowing where I'm going here, but as sometimes you need, as you move towards your destination, your final destination, whatever that is, that. You know that you know that that thing the motivational speakers tell you that dash that that thing they talk about that dash between your birth and that ending or whether you believe in the rapture whatever religious thing you believe in that dash in between. What are you gonna do with your time? What are you gonna do with your purpose? What is it that you're here for? And every day something is threatening that purpose. I, it's, it's a scripture in the Bible that says, Oh it's I, I really love it. I I have to think about I gotta I gotta look it up real quick, but I 'cause I don't wanna misquote it, but um uh, let me see here. I'm gonna look it up. Is this the one I think it is I'm trying to find it for you guys, but there's. it's a it's, it's, i think Paul is talking about how he he uh uh um faces death daily and then we i'm trying to see let me see you see we uh trying to find it it's another one. I really wanted to uh, say and I, you know what normally I have my stuff together but I didn't have it together today. Uh I may have to look at it during the break. I get I'm giving y'all blanks, uh uh blank uh airtime.
0: <laughs>
1: I'm so uh uh Okay, yes, here it is. It is in Second Corinthians uh, 4, uh, 16. It's one, I love this scripture. It says, therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. It means your body is, it's, it. There, it, it, you know, whether you're, I don't know, you know, I, my background is Christianity, so we believe, you know, in, the rapture and Christ's return and stuff. Some of us do, and so uh, whether it's by the rapture you go or whatever, uh, whatever happens in your life, or you know, death is your way of of, of exit or whatever. For those of you who understand what, <laughs> do who understand what I'm talking about, every day you are wasting away. Things are happening. Your life is moving. Your cycle is your cycle here. Is heading towards that final destination, whatever it is. And sometimes, I know we all know it, but sometimes we have to be reminded of purpose through facing our own mortality. We have to be, have to be reminded of what we are here for in this life. And sometimes, with that, it becomes understanding what uh, what we don't what the, we we don't operate well in. I was already on that journey, really, and I still am somewhat, but it got clearer to me in that moment. It got more real to me. I
0: was like, wow, whoa,
1: whoa, whoa. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It got more clear to me that purpose and destination and what God called you to do is everything. That's it. You know what I'm saying? That is completely it, and that you have to understand it every day. And I hate to be morbid about it. You're wasting away. (laughs) Like you young girls right now, you might be 22, 23 years old, you just pop up out of bed, (laughs) and you can do all kind of crazy stuff and not feel it. Child, let me tell you, as you get older, when you hit, I mean, I know I look good. I look good. I look great. But let me tell you something, when I get through working out, sometimes I'd be like I need some Epsom socks in my whole body, like stuff I could do in my 20s <laughs> easily. <laughs> I'd be like, oh. oh, when I get up, I'd be like, Lord. I be, or like, you know, or, you know, or, or you, I may have more cramps that night because I had a more, I had I, I had an intense workout or some stuff I never had in my 20s. Why? Because life the destination and journey of life. Even though I'm being renewed inside day by day in my spirit man, my spirit man is growing. Hopefully our spirit mans are growing. Sometimes they're not. But our spirit man, men are growing day to day as we're here, the real us, the real, the real purpose inside of us. But outwardly, we're wasting away. <laughs> and so – that's the journey and the destination of life that's the that's part of the destination that as you get I look at my I always look at my grandparents when I'm home and it's so funny to see them cuz I knew my grandparents in their 30s <laughs> and now here they are you know I'm mean, well, like late 30s i didn't know i didn't know them as well maybe more so in their 40s right early 40s and now i see them and i'm i'm amazed at the evolution of them, I look at them sometimes and I go, wow. Hey, my grandmother's moving a little slower. And my papa is not that big, burly man he was, but he still got a strong spirit. You know what I'm saying? But it's amazing. Ev- the evolution of life. You know what I'm saying? The ev- and, the, and the brevity of it. It just seems like the other day I was a little girl, right? And so... Mortality, really, we don't understand. We're facing it every day. We're, every day we wake up, we're facing death is somewhere lurking. Now, you know, hey, death doesn't have a victory if you, you have a spiritual belief and all that stuff or whatever. But you're tr- how can I say, death is the transporter in this life when you finish your destination at a certain time. You transport. You teleport. And that way is through death or if you, you know, if you're of the Christian belief or some people say, hey, Christians don't always believe everyone will die. So if you, that's a whole other story. I don't have time to explain it on here. It's a long story. <laughs> but. But whatever your destination, I mean, wherever you're at in your destination right now, understand how how important that time is, and how important that purpose is for you, and what why you're here, and what you're connected to, and understanding that every day when you wake up in the morning, every day you you're facing your mortality, even though you may not see it. You know what I'm saying? Literally, it's not in your face, but every day we're getting a little older. Every day we're moving a little different. Every day we're doing something, you know, you're constantly moving towards that date of transformation to the next place, right, to the next life, to eternity. So I guess that's my, it's a word for y'all today, is that sometimes God will remind us, of things that we're already facing every day, but he'll remind us sometimes with a scare, a health scare, or uh, actually health, um, an actual health, not just a health scare, but an actual health emergency. The other day, let me start to talk about this. I was in, we were in the restaurant right before Kim. Kim was before uh, before we went to go see Kim and Babyface. We went out to eat. They went to this new restaurant. It was really nice. We was liking it. It was cool and everything. There were some young people sitting over, like kind of down from us. All of a sudden, out of the blue, I'm serious. This girl falls out cold. Falls out like cold, like cold. And uh, the, it happened so fast. The the person, like the girl, she wasn't that far from us. The board, the I mean, the guy who was the server, he starts screaming, "Help! Help! Somebody help or whatever." They were like, you know, people were running everywhere and everything. I'm like, what? And suddenly there's this young girl, beautiful, young. She's young. they in her 20s, laid out. Looked like she was, I mean, laid out. Whatever hit her, hit her. I still don't, we don't know what happened to her. I don't know what happened. But it was, hey, she had some saints in there because it, it was some saints sitting at the table across from us. They started praying over her. <laughs> This is what I say it was like In the name of Jesus Hill Or whatever But you know It's always good To have saints around right And there was a nurse there And everything But let me tell you something It ain't nothing like Having a saint there Praying you <laughs> When you and, But She had fallen out And it took a minute For the, the people to come But that That She was young And it fell out like that Life The brevity of it The and the longness of it, if you even when you make road choices, the longness of life, but it's still a brief picture in time. Your life is a brief snapshot in time of all the ages and all the things and people who have come before you throughout history, but you have this little snap in time for you and your destiny and your purpose. What will you do with it? And hopefully you don't have to be reminded through a health scare or a, sometimes, I mean, you know what I'm saying, or, uh, or, uh, or a health emergency. Hopefully you wake up every day understanding that you're wasting away daily. Like i would be like, like you know, the other day I wake like, up, it doesn't matter, you know, you can look really good. It doesn't matter. You can look really good in your 40s and 50s, you know, and all this stuff. It's some beautiful women out there in their forties and fifties and stuff, but I'm always reminded of like my age sometimes. Cause so I'm like, oh my god, like, I, I, like I rinse my hair, like some of the parts of my hair. I got like my hair is turning sandy brown. It's got a couple of grays, and I'm like, damn, is that gray? <laughs> like you know, or like a little wrinkle, a little crease that's on on my face or in my laugh lines where I didn't have those years ago, and I'm like. And every day I see some sort of change, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, my God, you know, even though living is beautiful, right? Living is so beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing to live, right? You know what I'm saying? But every day we're reminded that we're wasting away in some ways. This body is wasted away, even though you're renewed in your spirit all the time. So let those reminders without the big reminders, you know what I'm saying, like cancer, sickness, car accidents, you know what I'm saying, COVID, whatever it may be, let the little reminders in life, even when you're in your 20s, even when you're in your teens, to not waste your time. Your time is very valuable. And it's very important. It's very connected to your purpose. I mean, I don't know how much time I done. Lord, I don't waste a lot. <laughs> but I'm just saying, you know what I'm saying? Just remember how important your time is and that when you get up every day, even if you're 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, every day there's little subtle changes happening to you. 25, there's changes happening versus when you're a 19. All right, 30, there's changes happening versus when you were 25. 40, there's changes happening versus when you were 35. 50, there's changes happening all the time. You're constantly, every day, being reminded that you have a destination point. And that point at the final destination you have a final destination, whatever that may be, and that every day you're being reminded of. Not just with COVID nineteen, not just with little things, but every day with your your mortality speaks to you in various ways. So I guess that's my it's the word, is that understand how important your time is, and understanding that 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 you're wasting away every day that things are happening, that every day you're moving towards that final destination. I know we don't like to think about it. (laughs) Right? I know we hate to, right? (laughs) But it's facts, (laughs) right? So I want you to think about it this week, and the reason why I want you to think about it this week is because of my little experience. But I also want you to be reminded about how important your time, your brief span of time here on earth is, and how will you impact, how will you impact it in your time, your space, right? I'm asking myself these same questions, y'all, for real, okay, I hope y'all understood it, that's my it's a word for the day, child, Whew. All right? I thought I'd share that out there because I know that, you know, sometimes it surprises me about people I help when I share certain things. I'm like, really? I can't believe I <laughs> Little stuff. Or, you know, y'all write me or y'all say encouraging things and stuff like that. I mean, and I got my little crew here, you know, that listens to me. <laughs> and I appreciate each and every one of y'all so much, and I'm always grateful that I can encourage you with my stories or whatever. Okay? All right, y'all. So it's late night hot topic Sunday edition. <laughs> we got a lot of we got out the spirit. We, we we out the spirit. Now we got to really talk a lot of shit. <laughs> it's a lot of stuff we got to talk. <laughs> oh my God! Okay, so when I get back, I have to tell y'all about my first concert. <laughs> I feel like it's a, it's my first time going to a show again. My first concert in a year and a half. Y'all know how much I love live music, okay? Love, 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 love. Wait, y'all like, no, Carlotta, we realize how much you love Maxwell. No. <laughs> oh, God. No. <laughs> it's not just Maxwell. I'm a live music aficionado. 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 Aficion- Am I saying, damn, I can't say the word. Aficionado. Did I say it right? Shit. Okay, I am I love it. I was, you know, when I was at the concert the other day, I, I, for a brief moment, right? I was buying my babyface t-shirt. I got to like, yeah, yeah, buy me a babyface t-shirt. I was buying me, a, and he had he had dope designs. Let me just talk about babyface having the dope ass designs. Okay, he had dope designs for his t-shirts. But anyway. So there was this white guy, right? He's like, "Who's playing?" And I, he works in the venue, and I was like, "Well, you don't know who's playing." But yeah, I'm in the venue, start- so I was like, "Oh, it's Babyface and, um, you know, Babyface and Kim." And he was like, "Oh, wow!" He said, "Man, I got the best job in the world. Man, I get to listen to." Uh, all these concerts and everything, you know, because just by working here, I was like, that is a cool job, like you know. And he was like, I've been. He said, I've been going. My father used to take me to concerts when I was little. I said, what? I said, my mom used to take me. And he was like, what? I said, we concert babies. <laughs> he was like, yeah, you know what I'm saying. And it and it, it was just, it was so, it was so funny because I was like, oh my god, I met. He's like, was like, when he was a kid, you know, he grew up. You know, going to all kind of concerts, so he loved working in that venue. And I was like, "Shit, I can't blame." you. I got my when, when I first got my job, my first job. One, of, I mean, one of my that was my first job. My serious, my first serious job. there was the only reason I took this job. Like I was like nineteen or twenty. Where I had serious jobs before in high school and stuff, but you know, I don't know they were they were serious. They, you know, they were key, you know, high school jobs, whatever. But But when I have my first, like what I consider my real job, when I got out of when I had my first year coming out of school, college, and I came back home, I went to Mo West. And I came back home and was just like, you know, my grandma was like, bring your ass home, you you playing games. (laughs) That's a whole other story, y'all. But anyway, so I end up going home and I get this job out. I see this Ticketmaster because I love concerts. I was like, oh, my God, I need to get me a job at Ticketmaster. do give me a job at Ticketmaster. I could go to every concert. <laughs> it's the only reason I wanted to work at this job. But it ended up being I ended up working for a Hallmark, and I was working for their uh, customer service at Hallmark, right? But they just happened to have a Ticketmaster <laughs> there. But I was only there for the first year I was only there for the Ticketmaster. But it ended up being one of the best damn jobs of my life. I love the the people I met and everything to this day. It was because I went there because they had a ticket master. <laughs> so I love the whole idea. That's how much... I love live shows and live music and concerts, and I'm a music baby anyway, too, because my, my family's musical, so I love music, so, yeah, so we'll talk about Kim and Babyface when I get back, man, i was so excited to tell y'all about this show, oh my God, it was
0: so good,
1: all right, okay, so meanwhile, we gotta listen to some Babyface, one of my favorite Babyface songs, uh, was this, my fir- was this my first Babyface album with the lady, lady on it? I think it was. Was that Tender Lover? I think my first Babyface. I was Tender Lover. I think it was, okay? So we're going to start off with Babyface, Lady, Lady, Lady. It's the CC Show. I'm Carlotta. If you're just down tuning in, it's a late night Hot Topic Sunday show, okay? So I'll be back in a moment. my favorite songs I love that dang old song okay all right so it's the CC show I'm Carlotta if you are just now tuning in or if you new to listening to the show what's up I'm Carlotta Chatwood and I do this little blog talk podcast show I don't know <laughs> it's my therapy I say <laughs> but all of you listen in <laughs> All right, so you guys, so I am talking tonight hot topics, but I'm going to get to that in a minute. But first, I got to get to the Kim and Babyface concert. Okay, no better way to take my COVID, uh, what is it, my COVID renewed concert virginity. <laughs> I'm such a squap, yo. I say the most about. you. <laughs> Well, it is my concert. Like I've been on a con- like for a year and a half. I had I was I was abstinent because of as, to concerts because of oh god, <laughs> we make everything sexual, don't we? I was abstinent to concerts because of COVID. COVID <laughs> ruined my shit. <laughs> I had I had a concert planned in July that COVID took. Everybody's like, Carlotta, and what concert was that?
2: You know what? It doesn't matter.
1: All you guys need to know there was a concert planned. <laughs> and I had other concerts, too. I was going to the Essence Fest. What? COVID took the Essence?
0: <laughs>
1: what the hell? Janet Jackson. COVID took my Janet. Just has got Maxwell around in these streets. <sighs> so, who better else to take that, you know, that renewed virginity, concert virginity, and baby face again? <laughs> oh my god. Let me tell you something. I had always dreamed of seeing baby face. I've seen baby face a couple of times now, but this is like the you know, probably my third time seeing baby face. But long time ago I used to wanna to see I was like, That's the one artist I wanna see in concert, like, you know what I'm saying? I just wanna see baby face. And now you know that I've I, like I, I've gotten you. I've seen him a few times, so now I'm like, damn. You know, it's like every time I see Babyface, I I come away saying how underrated. I know y'all think he's legend and everything, but no, 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 no. How underrated and underappreciated Babyface is. And you know he's such an Aries. I was laughing because he opened up the show. Let me say this cuz I was like, what the hell is Babyface doing opening up the show? Like you're the headliner. Why are you open? I hate that shit. Don't cut. let me tell you something. Artists don't start doing that shit. If you're the headliner, don't start opening up. That Aries think he's this is my personal. This is my personal opinion one on one. Maybe he has somewhere to go or something. I don't know if he's doing that all tour. Okay, if he has somewhere to go or something like that then okay. I'll accept that. But if he's been doing that, all tour Kim. Kim, come close. Don't let that Aries do that shit because, he, he, you know, he doesn't appear as an Aries, baby face does. But when you when I watched his verses, I was like, oh, he's definitely an Aries. <laughs> you know, Aries is a god of war, right? <laughs> and so, you know, like the astro- astrological sign of war. It's like, you know, Aries is about that life, right? And even though he appears like so docile. Baby, yeah, and sweet and like and and low talking. Like when he did that versus battle, his ass came to do war. He had all kind of uh little uh uh, uh <laughs> shade he was throwing at Teddy Rowley. <laughs> and so I was laughing at him opening up this concert because I was like, my theory is this. He knows that 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 the the Kim is first of all, let me just see, the first time I saw Kim in concert which was years ago I took my grandmother to see Ruben, okay? And Kim was just now coming out, right? And Kim opened up for Ruben stuttered. And Kim whooped Ruben and his band's ass so bad. I mean, like you know, Kim was like fire. I was like, Damn my my grandma was like, Yeah, yeah, yeah." I mean, he was dope. I mean, just, so he, Babyface know what he's dealing with with Kim, right? So Babyface is like, you know what? Even though Babyface can't be fucked with, that's all I'll just say on that. He can't be because he got too many hits. So, you know, uh, he's like, probably, I I can see him saying, you know what? I'll just open up, like trying to make it look like it's a humble thing. But, no, he's just leaving, he's wearing out the crowd for your ass. Kim, there is no way you should let Babyface be first. No way! No way in hell! He wears out the show. He's going to wear out every every show y'all have. If you let Babyface be first, he's 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 an Aries. That's Aries shit. He's coming for war, but he you know he might get he might have some Scorpio in the show. I think he got Neptune and Scorpio. I got to see you and his fifth house is in Scorpio. Yeah, I think they think his Babyface's fifth house and kind of. I think so. I'm, I'm looking real quick, y'all. Y'all know how I be doing on this show. I look up stuff on this show. You know, I'm a big astrologer. For those of y'all who are new listeners, I love astrology, so I be trying to look up people's shit. I think, I'm think i not an astrologist, but I be talking that ish. This <laughs> it yeah, uh, it's like he's, he's, his fit-out, so he can be quite mysterious in certain things. You know what I'm saying? And that Neptune's in Scorpio and stuff like that. Yeah, his ass is something else. He don't look like it. He don't appear like it. <laughs> well, he so- "So you know, uh, Kim, no, don't let Face do this to you." But let me explain what happened there, but while But why? Why I'm getting to this? Face is so underappreciated in the way that he, because he has this sneaky vibe, you don't understand that Face wrote most of the hits of the '90s and the late '80s. Like, I didn't know, you know what, last night he played play another slow jam, I never knew he wrote that. I said, he wrote slow jam? Hold the hell up. What was slow jam? Was it Midnight Star or Atlantic Star? I think it was Midnight Star that did slow jam. Serious? I was like, what? Like, you was writing when I was a freshman in high school for people? <laughs> I don't even know if I was a freshman. I may have been going to my freshman year. Or I was a, I, When slow jam was out, it was a long-ass time ago, Okay. Listen, the whole thing is, I was like, wow, face, baby face has been like, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm getting ready to say something on here, okay? I know we often give the title of the king of R&B, and it don't matter. I know he's in jail and for doing foul shit and everything like that, but a lot of these rock stars do foul shit, okay? I mean, James Brown was uh, allegedly beating women's ass out in these streets, okay? So, I don't know if it's allegedly because it was in a light movie, so... <laughs> And I knew some people who were women, a woman who was uh, it's a whole long story that, that used to get her ass kicked. Now, anyway, we will will really that long, but it's, it's a lot of people y'all celebrate that wasn't that allegedly wasn't shit in their personal life. Okay, you know some people even question Marvin Gaye's ass, and I'm a I love Marvin. Okay, but people say Marvin was on some shit too. Okay, so listen, it's nobody perfect. We understand R. Kelly is you know is allegedly allegedly done some foul shit. Okay. But we often grant him the king of R and B because R. Kelly is a talented ass songwriter, producer. The boy is talented. You can't deny that. Okay. But I think we we gotta fuck. I, th- I was gonna say, I think we gotta fuck up on these streets. I think we do. I think it is babyface. I am willing to give it to babyface. You're like, Carl How you don't know, give it to uh, uh, Maxwell. No, Maxwell is like let me explain this. How I don't see consider Maxwell a king. Uh oh, yeah, like what <laughs> Carlotta you have to say something ridiculous. Yes, I am gonna say something. It's gonna be ridiculous to non probably Maxwell fans. But I consider Maxwell like a emperor of R and B. Like he's be he's not a he can't be king because you know, kings need to be adored like emperors don't. Emperors just are <laughs> Like, I, I, I don't consider him that. I, I consider he doesn't have as many hits as Babyface or anything like that. But Maxwell just brought something different to the table. He re- him and D'Angelo and then people like them, they re- renewed classic R&B. You know what I'm saying? In some sense. So I consider them kind of emperors. But I, Babyface can be an emperor too, okay? But more like king of R&B. Y'all want to grant somebody king of R&B because he's got the producer chops? He's got the right, and then he shows off in concert. Like, he showed off last night. Babyface was, let me tell you something, Babyface was dope. Babyface had a show, okay, like better than our last time I saw him. I mean, last time the show was good, but he had these two, uh, like, it was like Hispanic dudes, background singers, and another black guy, and another guy. I mean, they, the, the show was Babyface was dancing, everything. I was like, and it was, it was, a, it wasn't in an unbelievable way. Like you know, it ain't, you ain't got him out here. You know, he ain't doing no hard dance or Chris Brown shit. <laughs> but you know, doing classic dancing, having a fun joking, all that stuff. I was like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? I said, hey, Face, it, if hey, if, if this one right here well, acts up, Face. It. Face could call me Because you know Face that got the divorce papers All right Listen they like Y'all like Carlotta You a bit? Oh yes yeah. I would talk to Baby Face And hey, listen If I was single in these streets Girls I'm telling you right now Baby Face would be an option I <laughs> Hey I I see the catalog I see the <laughs> Y'all like Carlotta You a bit? I am a Virgo I take into account Of everything Security uh Chemistry uh Street Security, uh, nice-looking. I you know, actually, we try to take any and all of it. You know what I'm saying? But, however, yeah, I was like, face he's a good catch. Face is a good catch. Now, he's an Aries, though. So you know it's a sneaky shit going on. We got that Neptune, that Scorpio, and he got that. So I do see the sneaky shit in his chart, and he's like a moon in Taurus. And I think he has his Venus in Taurus. This is just interesting. You know, because the two, which is you know, because that's the other, there's, you know, Venus rules, I think Venus, if I'm mistaken, rules Taurus and Libra, like Taurus and Libra are ruled by Venus or something like that. So, but different ends of, ends of the spectrum, right? I think that's how it goes. So, yeah, he's a very interesting character. Babyface is attractive in some ways. You know, for older, you older girls out here in these streets. Well, it's something about his ass because he's he been married and divorced a, couple, a few times. <laughs> I don't know. But you know why I think that is? Here's my personal opinion about him. He's really sweet-spirited. I mean, you can see it in his eyes. I mean, he looks like he's a sweetheart. Like, he's like, oh. But he does have that sneaky ass. He has some sneaky-ass vibes that was in his chart. Right? You know, he's, he's sneaky about some shit. I, just, I ain't going to say what I think it is, but he's sneaky about some. <laughs> Right, so but listen, yeah, I can see the attractiveness of baby face, okay? But you know, when people are in their gift they're always attractive. It's the, the thing is to see them outside of their gift. That's why I always say people, women, when we go to concerts and we're screaming for our favorite artist and he's fine up there, even good on say track Ah yes, oh
0: my God, he's so fine
1: and all that stuff, you know whatever. But I always say see them out of the light. <laughs> I mean, because, you know, when anybody is in their anointing or their or their gift, they're very attractive. You know what I'm saying? And you're in your gift. You are, phew, like they're attractive. That's why a lot of men singers are attractive, even when they ain't attractive on stage. You know, women throw their panties up there, and you be like, he ain't that cute. But you because he's attractive in his gift, the, the thing is to see him outside of that, right? But anyway, that's a whole other story. But, yeah, baby face. Was awesome. I can't. The stage show was great. Everything and what I like it is because face went off. Like he he going, He like he did gave us thirty minutes like of all his hits that he wrote for other people. Now this ain't even. He already got a bunch of hits that he sang for his dance. Like he sang Whip Appeal and it was. And let me tell you something. It was at Toyota, which I love this venue. It's a venue in Texas that I really love. It's one of my favorite venues. Called to Toyota Music Factory. I love the way this venue is set up. I just like it. I love where it's at. I love everything about it, right? And it's great because you can see from anywhere around wherever you sit at, right? Awesome venue, awesome venue. And it opens up. It can be opened up and closed up.
3: You know, they had it
1: open last night like an amphitheater, probably because of COVID. And they had the line. They sold line tickets and everything. It was a lot of people in there. I know y'all going super spreader or (laughs) whatever. Listen, but what I love—people had some people had a mask, some people didn't—but everybody was the energy in the room. The audience was dope, man. That was one of the most fire audiences I had ever been in, ever. One of, okay, one of the most fire. I'm serious. Like the audience was engaged, they were back with they was singing with babyface, babyface had everybody up and stuff. But when he started going towards his, like you know, you know he started every song too. I think he was tickled because they and people were singing every damn song. Like, I mean, people were singing "Lady, Lady." Where he said, I mean, what he sang, uh, uh Oh, he did "Tender Lover." People uh, for the "Cooling You." People were, like singing it. People was up. I mean, and I don't know if people was just excited because COVID nineteen and they was at the concert. Everybody feeling good. Everybody, like, hey, you know. And, you know, so it was like a lot of energy in the room, right? Man, but when he started going through all them damn hits, I just said, y'all don't give Kenneth Edmonds enough. Kenneth Edmonds is a shit. Do so you understand he's a shit? I, I'm going to say it. Kenneth Edmonds is a shit. He's probably – he has got to be, besides Stevie Wonder, Quincy, uh, Quincy's a producer. But besides Stevie Wonder, I say Jam and Lewis and stuff. I thought, I, th- I thought the producers, the best producers to me. I mean, I love Quincy. I, Quincy is just one of just. When you look at Quincy's body of work, Quincy was awesome as a producer. But when we talk about, I mean, like producer songwriter teams and stuff, you know. I gotta give it to Face mostly because Face is, you can tell Face most, mostly wrote a lot of those songs. You hear him through like the songs. There's a, there's a, you know, certain songwriters have a little thing in their songs. Like, you can hear, you can hear them. Like, even when I listened to Play Another Slow Jam, now I said, damn it, I should have known that was Babyface. The way it starts out, so I dropped it on it. You know, the way it, st- it sounds like him. I was like, shit, that is Babyface. Because he, there's a tone to these, you know, people. I mean, you know what I'm saying? So face. I mean, he wrote all these great songs. Like, he's a little romantic at heart. That Phoenix and Taurus is just fighting his little ass off, right? I mean, I was so impressed with Babyface, more so last night, more than any other time. Like, I was really highly impressed. I was like, you know what, baby. We don't give this man enough of his flowers. I mean, just really seriously. Like, yeah, he's dope. The show was dope. I don't really. If you haven't, if they come into your town, go see him. Okay, go see Babyface and Kim. Babyface, you need to be holding up the end of the show, not the beginning, because you know the fuck you gonna wear the audience out, and 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 Kim gonna come out there with that with that, that you know that jazzy. We love Kim, but shit, you know, it's going to be a little much after we and her, you go through half the 90s catalog, half the 90s music in in one sentence. (laughs) (laughs) It's like Babyface wrote all the 90s. All the hits. You know, when we say the best music was in the 90s, shit, it was mostly his ass. I mean, he was was playing Drew Hill. I was like, damn, he did right there. I mean, he was playing all of Bobby Brown's albums. I mean, I was like, damn, did he play Whitney? I was like, what is going on, boys, to men? I was like, oh, Lord. I mean, mean, it was just too much. It was too much. (laughs) He's underappreciated, undervalued. He is the king of R&B. I say we, if we're going to start talking about kings of R&B, we're going to start granting babyface, king and emperor. I give him emperor status, okay? King and emperor, babyface. Okay? I can't get I, – I, he's the one. He's the one. I'm granting babyface that thing. Yes, Maxwell's an emperor. Just I give Maxwell an emperor because I say Maxwell and people like The Angel ushered in a different they, – they didn't really – it wasn't a different sound. They just ushered in – Back to classic, like, you know, uh, uh, back to traditional song, right? And they did it in a, kind of a, with a new twist, right? But Babyface was the fucking 90s. <laughs> so I don't, you know, I I just, I was so super impressed with Babyface, the dancing, everything, the joke cracking. And he was cracking, like, in the middle of it, like, he was stopped for a long time. He said, he said, die nah, for real, I was just trying to rest because I'm tired, you know. And so everybody was like, he said, the." faces baby but the body you know it, it was just it was hilarious he, I mean he was great on stage he was so and he understood the sign. you know what I'm saying he understood he didn't come out being wild I mean it was per it was perfect it was a perfect show and I was like I wanted more because I know that I know the Negro got a whole bunch more hits <laughs> like he did a couple of after seven songs I was like damn I forgot he wrote that shit. Then he did The Deal, which is my favorite. Listen. The Deal, the song that I used to love the shit out to to
0: this day.
1: Sweet November. Listen, listen. He didn't sing that, but he should (laughs) have. You know, he sang the shit two occasions and stuff like that. But, But can you... Do do we not understand what Babyface is to the culture? Oh, and then he did Tony Braxton shit, and then he did Soundtrack shit. I was like, didn't he write the Ghostbusters song for Bobby? He wrote Bobby's whole career. I mean, you know, there's Teddy Riley, a few Teddy Riley things in there. (sighs) Yeah, Babyface is that awesome. I'm I'm, I'm gushing about Babyface. Damn it. Yeah. It's nothing else to say. He was really awesome. I just, and when he and he should not have been come out coming out first. No damn way. So which leads me to Kim. Which Kim is always awesome, right? I always like Kim. Kim is sexy too. Kim is like sexy. <laughs> Kim is like a you know, a undercurrent sexy. Like he's not you know, he ain't like where you look at him and be like, Ooh You know no, he's like he got little it's like so, Certain men don't have to be, like, the facial, you know what I'm saying, like, like, we people, like, you know, y'all know who I'm going to go to for sexy, right, Maxwell? Basso, like, Maxwell's ass is real sexy, but, you know, like, he got the face and everything, but, man, Kim don't got that. Kim just got a subtle, like, it's like a subtle sexual, like, you're like, damn, like, you, you, you speak, like, he, he's a dude that can walk into a room and you can feel his energy, like, you know what I'm saying, like, you're like, woo. So, you know, he's got that jazzy kind of algebra thing going on, but, you know, he's got his own style and everything. When Kim first came out, he had female dancers, which I hated. And let me explain why. I love Kim, but I've seen Kim on stage do his thing on stage without all the bells and whistles. You know, when I see dancers, they that screams like, Mass artists, mass appeal artists. I understand new old artists try to do new things. I remember when I saw, one time I went to see Earth, Wind, and Fire, and they had dancers. On stage. So I was like, what the fuck? You don't need dancers. Take their asses bad." I mean, you know what I'm saying? It was just, it, I could see dancers at certain parts of the show and then tell them to go, because Prince did that. But Prince was an over-the-top. Prince was kind of like that. Prince was a massively produced artist that happened to keep that I happen to keep the energy of a cult following. Like, do you, you get what I'm saying? It's kind of weird. Prince was very different in that way. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, he kind of had a cult following, yet he had massive appeal. It's weird, right? And we, we're going to talk later on about Beyonce saying that she thought she was going to be Prince and right? She wanted to be more like Prince and I'm like, bitch, please. But we will talk like that. <laughs> it Harper's bizarre this week. I can't wait to get to that. <laughs> the beehive is like, oh no! Hey, it's gonna be nice. I'm not gonna be all the way mean to her. Okay, sidebar. I just thought about that. They just happened to think about it. But Kim is one of those artists that does not need bells and whistles like that. Even though it was different, and I'm sure the men enjoyed it because they were scantly they were dressed scantily, you know, you know. But he was. There, it, it just seemed awkward for Kim. Like you know, like Babyface had added dancing and other stuff into his, you know, his act and stuff. I mean, I've seen him before; he did a little bit of that, but he added a little bit more of that. But it felt right, like the bells and whistles for face felt right. I was like, yeah, that's right. But when Kim first came out, I was like, yeah, you because know, he just don't need it. <laughs> it's like some guy, some some guy said, hey, you know, some. What's the, what's the people, Some a record exec said, you know, Kim, let's add a little rappers to your song. and let's, how, about, how about add some dancers while you're on tour?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's what it felt like, right? But it got better in the show. Like later on the dancers, the dancers weren't out there the whole time. And his most engaging time to me is when Kim is 101 with the audience. He doesn't need that. He's a great artist. Great artists don't need it's great to have bells and whistles, it's fun Like, you know, I always talk about Maxwell doesn't use his sexuality enough to me Because, you know, he's fun, he's sexy, you know, he doesn't use it enough But he doesn't really need it either, because he's a great artist, you know But at the same time, you know, he can use it, but it has to be used, utilized in the right way Because if not, it could come off awkward So Kim, though, that's what kind of happened with Kim Kim, it felt like he was trying, he's trying to try out little things to make him more uh, versatile on versatile, you know versatile on stage, I didn't like the dancers at certain parts I didn't, but at the same time um there were certain parts where I really did like the dancers. Kim has a great ass band <laughs> i mean it is what it is I mean, he, and he sounds like the like Kim is one of those artists that sounds like a fucking album like he's just like yes, yes, like the music sounds like the album. The voice, everything. I mean, Kim is a bit. Ba- and you know, there was a point where he was flirting with the audience and he was saying, he said, you know, he's talking about how he just got married and everything. He said, hey, don't tell my wife or whatever. It was cute. It was a cute little flirt. And it, you know that's the you know the lie that people always tell that R&B artists can't be married, but shit, hell, listen, let me tell you why. Some wives come close. Come here, come here. I know they some of them hoes. Okay, hold on. I don't understand some of these R&B singers, pop, uh, rock stars, all that stuff is hoes, and, and that's a whole nother stuff. That's the whole stuff. I, I understand. You know, you got whole stuff running around because they got women throwing panties and shit at them every day. Okay, but. You was talking about, you know, uh, 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 don't tell I, – I he was saying something. It was a cute little bit he had. But he's like, don't tell his wife he was flirting with his girl. He was, he was singing to her little phone or whatever or something. And it was cute. It was a cute addition. That's, that's called – I love that. That was his best part to the show. He was interacting with the audience. He was having fun. He was flirting and everything. But here's the thing. Ladies, let me tell you something who's married to these dudes. Let me tell you for real, for real – they ass ain't married when they on stage. Who gives a fuck? I don't care when you on. If I if I was married to an R&B star, your ass ain't married when you on stage. You better not even mention my ass up there. <laughs> you better give them girls the fantasy. <laughs> I mean, don't do nothing. Now we ain't gonna do no tenderoni stuff. Back in the day, when Bobby used to bring girls on the stage and do all wild kind of work, marry a wild shit. I ain't saying that. But you, you can, you can, damn it, don't nobody give a damn. You, wink, whatever you do, sing, whatever you got to do. Let, the, the, let them, let them girls have their moment. <laughs> give a shit. <laughs> I remember I saw this girl say something a lie She was, who was that? Was it? Just I don't know if it was tank sex I don't know who it was. It was somebody was married to an R&B star. I was getting married to an R&B star. And so she was real touchy about, like, you know, some of them can be hoes. So that's why sometimes the girls are touchy because they're naturally married to a hoe. You know what I'm saying? Because they got a lot of women out here. They got choices and shit, right? And so they kind of triggered when any girl or something say something to them. Because so, you got to be confident to be married to them type of dudes because you got to check their ass. you got to let them know. I will walk on your ass. It don't matter that's who you are. But the, anyway, this chick, was getting upset because this girl says she writes something kind of sexy on his poster, says something about, <laughs> she said something about, like, you know, I can't wait to see you at the meet and greet, and I'm going to kiss you or something like that or whatever. And the girlfriend gets all mad, and she's like, I blocked you to make sure you can't come to the meet and greet. And I'm like, huh? I'm like, no, wait a minute, no, 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 you don't block her from coming to the meet and greet. You know how much the meet and greets are? You losing money at your household? No, you don't block her ass from coming to the meet and greet. <laughs> I'll be like, "Girl, we will be there waiting for you, honey. <laughs> Come on to the meet and greet. Do what you gotta do, sis. <laughs> Just make sure you pay. You drop that. Sometimes the meet and greets can be." 300, 500, 800, 1,000. So just make sure you drop your $1,000. And girl, he going to be right here to meet and greet. <laughs> I don't give a damn what you're talking about. Right? But some women get so messed up about that. But I laughed about that little skit he did. But I thought, when you're on stage, you're not married. Don't you know, ignore that. You're there. You might mention your wife or mention your little family. But you're a thing there, especially if you've got sex appeal. You're there to flirt. You know what I'm saying? Oh my God, the music's playing again. Why does this always happen to me? This last couple of weeks, music's been playing while I'm talking. I don't know. Anyway, but well, I thought that was funny and interesting, okay? Now, I don't like men who lie. Like, there are, there are stars who lie, used to lie years ago that they weren't dating or married so they could appeal more sexy to the women. <laughs> that shit is so crazy. <laughs> That's stupid. All right, you know, like like that's stupid. You don't have to do that. Women don't care. Most women don't care. If you're their sexual fantasy, they don't give a damn about whether you're married. Or not. <laughs> Why you still stand up there on that stage, right? So I, you know, I always I thought that was funny, but I thought Kim used his sexual appeal, his 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 engaging energy with the audience just right now. Unfortunately for Kim, because Babyface had wore the fuck up out of everybody, people start walking on his ass, okay? Why? Because you can't, it's hard for a dude like Kim. It's hard for you to hold up, you know what I'm saying? Like hold up all of that after Face done been out there and laid out about 50 hits <laughs> for about an hour and a half, nonstop. Like dancing, see, uh, see. Not only is he seeing his own damn hits, because don't forget, Babyface got his own damn hits. <laughs> then he starts singing other people's hits he done wrote. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's hard for anybody to stand up against the shit like stand up against shit like that. <laughs> so that was the sad part for Kim. But Kim was great. I really liked him I really love Kim's music though You know what I'm saying Because I I mean I got It's a lot of joints Like Heaven I Can't Stop Loving You Oh my god There's so many damn songs I love by Kim Okay So you know um, But Kim is that artist That's slower And jazzier So he needs to open up He does. He needs to open up the show. He does not need to be holding up the back. That is the dumbest shit I ever saw. I was like, Oh no Like Babyface could handle Babyface had such a good show that he could handle he could stop people from walking because he has so many hits that people know. Kim is a dude who has a cult following. He's Kim is that rare that rare again again that rare wine. You know what I'm saying? So, but <laughs> Face got, like, massive hits. He could stop walking because people, like, want to hear their next song, their next favorite jam or whatever. He he could do that. He has no business uh, opening up a show. And I don't know what the fuck that was about last night. I don't know if that's something they do outside, but that was crazy as hell to me. <laughs> but uh, somebody tell me, you know, if you guys see Kim – and babyface in your town? Are you you seen them already? Let me know. Is that something they do all the time, or was that just special in Texas? You know, and it was funny they did all they 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 mentioned code. And, and what I loved about Kim, oh, let me just say this about Kim too. What I loved about Kim is he was so interactive with the audience. Like he was coming over there, like he had people singing with him in the audience and stuff. Like that. I love shit like that. That's a great artist. I love artists who interact. Like, you know, like, they have fun. Like, you know, like, I went to see <laughs> – I don't like you taking pictures and shit. Now, I ain't talking about you taking pictures. Like, every girl running up to the stage and you take pictures, <laughs> But I'm talking about when, you, uh, when you're interactive. Like, he was having a great time, like, interactive talking and stuff like that. I love that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, Kim was awesome. The only thing is, he just shouldn't have uh, – you know, he shouldn't have – it, it, it wasn't right for him to close, okay? It just wasn't. I don't know if that was a special thing or what, okay? So that's, that's how I felt about Babyface and Kim. So y'all let me know uh, if I would catch this show again. I'm going to tell you, you know, j- just to see, I-, I love Kim, but I wanted to see Babyface again. I felt like I was, I felt like when Babyface went on, we need we wanted more. People wanted more. People were like, yay! I mean, people, I mean, he was that great, you know, because you, he gave us a th- like thought. It, it reminded me of back in the day when I would go see Luther. Like, Luther used to wear us out. Like, we'd be, like, we'd be, like, begging. We'd be like, okay, no, no more hits. <laughs> like if you're a true Luther fan and you used to go see Luther, you understand that Luther will give you your money first. And then some, man, one night I went to see Luther and he was like, they going to have they close the park. The park closed at a certain time or whatever. He's like, they're going to have to close, turn the lights out on me. We're just going we gonna to continue. Luther went for like another 45 to an hour. I mean, we everybody just had a, it was a blast. I mean, it was probably like a two-and-a-half-hour concert. Just Luther out there. I'm not lying. Luther used to do shit like that. Like, you'd be like, you got, y'all got you got requests? Luther was the great. I can't nobody miss a Luther. That's all i say. I just always got to bring up Luther, don't I? <laughs> I love Luther Randall, so there's never going to be another Luther, okay, I'll ever, ever, ever. But I did, uh, I felt like that with Babyface. I felt like, man, we could go on with him because he has so many songs that he didn't even touch, They didn't even sing, <laughs> so many other shit. He got so much other shit. I remember when he was on Versus, he was like, oh, yeah. Like, he was going through, he had so many, he was like, yeah, I haven't even touched the, the the songs that I did for, like, white people. Because <laughs> he got massive hits over there, too. Like, I think he produced, he produced Madonna, Eric Clapton. <laughs> it's like he was just, he was like, you know, just pouring, you know, like he was like pouring salt all in Teddy Riley, <laughs> salt in the wound like making it worse that he was obviously losing. But, I mean, face is just such a massive producer that the only thing that I think a producer, another producer that would be worthy of going up against him is only two. Three, it's uh it's Quincy Jones and then uh uh Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. that's it. There's no other Jam and Terry could but there's no other there's nobody else. I mean face is just just Uh, In a different league, okay? So y'all can tell I love Babyface. I love Kim, too. I just felt it was bad because Kim did not, uh, he couldn't hold the crowd because the crowd was tired. (laughs) And uh, it's always hard when you come last. You know what I'm saying? It's so hard, especially when you come in front of a very energetic act before. And the reason why I pay attention to things like this, like so, I've, you know, I've heard people say, you know, artists are not competitive. I mean, I used, to, I grew up with a family that used to perform gospel. They were always competitive in gospel music. Don't let nobody lie to you about gospel. They, <laughs> especially the quartets. they was competitive, like competitive, right? They. Were, Very competitive So I always saw the energy of what One Like if you have somebody come out That is massively good Before somebody who is still good too But when somebody starts eating your audience away, like, especially in gospel music, because in gospel, you know, they used to, sometimes you have certain artists that come out, like certain artists that would be on the show, and you like, ah, like people, my grandmother would be like, ah,
2: no, they
1: opening for us? Oh, no. And the reason why they say they, oh, no, because they have everybody laid out and in the aisles crying and, you know, and, (laughs) and they have to come out and try to, Energize the crowd After all of this. It was And certain And don't get me wrong Great artists Could do that Right But it's the same thing In R&B And rock and roll They can say They're not compared to All they want to But it's hard When you are dealing With an artist Who has like, massive energy, and then you, you have to come up behind them. Like, you know, I even said this about the King and Queens tour. You know, I always go back to Maxwell. When I say the Kings and Queens tour, Maxwell, when he was with Mary J. Blige, and he held up the end. Now, I totally understood why Maxwell held up the end of that tour. He is male. He is – and not am not, not trying to dismiss mary J. Blige because Mary J. got a lot of hits and stuff. Don't don't get me wrong, okay? But he's, he's got – Sex appeal. He's got, you know, he's got an arsenal of things that he could, that could, could, could hurt Mary. Had Mary come last, right? You know what I'm saying? Because, but she probably thought Maxwell was going to play with those things, but he did not really on that, that. That I saw on that tour. So what happened is Mary J. Blige comes out with all these huge ass hits. <laughs> Like, you know what I'm saying? And she got the crowd, everybody thinking, I'm going down and everything. By the time Maxwell shows up with pretty wings, <laughs> you know, that shit's slow. <laughs> and dance with me and, you know, and everything, it was sort of like the crowd was like, we mm, here, we're here. But it was Wayne and, and and because one of the things I even though I love I think Maxwell's a great artist one of the things on that tour I felt he did not do was use that sexual energy that could have driven the women that it could have just ate her up but he didn't he he just kind of tried to keep it you know it was weird it was but but he later on in other tours I saw him get better with that and I think too it was because you know, you have, uh, he, you know, the playlist wasn't quite understandable, you know, at first, you know, stuff like that. So that's how you can see certain artists. Like, you know, like, I, I would never want, as an artist, to come after Fantasia. <laughs> like, or, you know, like, no, nobody wants to come after Fantasia. Fantasia is a force. You know, church girl, she will eat your ass up. She, you know, she's just a performer. So it's just, you know, so you gotta under, you have to kind of understand that energy. So that's the kind of energy I saw last night with Babyface and Kim. And I thought Kim, it was hard for him to keep the art. He did a great job of it for the first half, but by the time he got to the second half of his show, the second part of Kim's show, people started walking because. You know, because he he tried to do something that people didn't know, and that's when you lose them when you do something people don't know. (laughs) And people will start walking on your ass. So that was my little review of Babyface and the Kim show, okay, Uh, Babyface and Kim. But I was so happy to go to a concert again. Now, okay, I'm thinking about, I'm not sure. I haven't decided. Like I told you all, I'm traumatized by New York (laughs) and New York shows. And COVID, and justice Show. was it justice for peace shows or whatever that was? I don't know. I'm traumatized that a concert is going to be canceled in New York City. So I'm like, I'm trying to decide if I'm going to go to this show or not in New York. The tickets are massively expensive. It's like a two day pass. These these let me tell you, who these these uh. Uh, promoters on this show, they were really smart to do it as a two-day pass because they knew our ass would probably buy one day. But <laughs> well, they I think they have it as a two-day. They don't have it as a single day. It's a, a festival of lights or whatever. And so I'm thinking about going to see that. I think, what's this called? It's festival of lights or festivals? some shit. I don't know. But it's her on it. It's a whole lot of these other new kids on it. Maxwell's leaving one night or whatever. And I'm excited to see. I really, let me tell y'all. I really don't. It's not really Maxwell I'm that excited about. Seeing. Y'all like a lot of quick playing up in these streets. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> it's not. It's her. I want to see her. I just was talking to one of our my listeners and my friend. You know, one of my cool friends on here who was a listener, and she she was telling me that she had she gave a great show the other night. She was like she gave a great show. So I was like, yeah, I'm excited. I want to see her. I am, I you know, because I've never seen her before, so I like to see her. So that's what I'm really more excited about. <laughs> so I'm like, no, Yo, you lying? No, I'm not lying. I'm serious. <laughs> so you not, what she's telling us about is you go, not, nah, are you going to walk when Maxwell comes out? You know what? I might, because I'm protesting currently anything Maxwell, because we keep celebrating old ass albums. Like currently they're celebrating now. I'm like, you know what, no, no, and no. <laughs> I refuse to do it. So I remind y'all of the protest every week. I'm currently on my protest. I refuse to, I probably will walk. <laughs> my friend are like, right. My friends are like, but no, serious, because I want night to come out. But I hear he, he said night is coming now. Okay. He's been saying night is coming for quite some time. You know, I don't buy it. I, I figure that when you say night is getting ready to come, that means you got a good year. <laughs> so I'm protesting right now. So I'm excited to see everybody else on the show. Her, all of them. I can't wait. I'm excited. I am so excited. Right? I'm, but I'm in protest right now, currently against my fave, because my fave refuses to put out a doubt. So it is what it is, okay? All right, so. Let's go into Donald Trump calls. Well, no, we're gonna take a break. We gotta take a break first, okay? Okay. So when we take, a, when we come back. We're gonna talk about Donald Trump. Donald Trump out in these streets asking Joe Biden's ass, old ass, to resign. <laughs> Some of y'all got the bat light on for uh, Donald Trump. It's people still hoping? It's people listen? Let me tell y'all. It, it, it's people? I saw the other day. I turned on one of the. Uh, what was it OAN? And I saw this man. They was counting votes. Man, they was going back through the votes. And, and I ain't funny because they know they got cheated. But I don't know if they ever go. If they go ever find out. Listen, they was going back through the votes hard. They they trying to get. It's people so upset. They trying to get Donald's ass back. They like we don't care. Please just. We got. If we gotta make something to get Donald Trump's ass back in this. They trying their hardest. They trying their damnedest to get Dodge <laughs> It's people who have not given up, okay? So we're gonna talk about uh Trump what his latest thing was talking about um uh, t- uh talking about uh Biden this week. Also we gotta talk about this Indiana woman. You know how I always tell y'all the stories about men killing uh spouses and stuff. No, this woman from Indiana did some ultimate crazy shit. Okay, she killed and dismembered her husband, and then asked the kids to clean the shit up. Like, no, no, I ain't lying. Okay, we don't talk about this when I get back. Allegedly, out in these streets, with this woman, crazy as hell. She looked crazy too. The picture scary. Okay. Also, uh, it's just, this is just for the men to warn y'all, are crazies out there. Then for the beehives, it just wouldn't be a show without me giving something for the beehive, right? Beyonce's evolution <laughs> Oh, it happens to come right on the heels of of What is it, the blue jean, blue eye uh, What's the blue jean, Adidas, the blue ivy blue, blue What is the name of the word, Ivy Park uh, You know she only speaks when she got something to say <laughs> oh, I love Becky, y'all mad Y'all get so mad at me, calm down <laughs> Well, we gotta talk about her article in Bazaar. Beyonce said some very interesting things. What is one of the things she said? She says that she's trying to be more Stray and Prince. Like, sus. the train has ran, the train that train passed a long time ago. You'll never be that. But, however, <laughs> she also says in this article that she keeps some things to herself because that's just what her Virgo ass does. I wanna remind her it's not her Virgo that's doing that. Even though Virgos can be closed off. It's not your Virgo, dear. That's that Scorpio moon, that Neptune and Scorpio. You got a high little bit of Scorpio. She's got a high like level of it in her chart. I actually will argue Beyonce's more Scorpio than she is Virgo probably. Mm-hmm. She's Virgo in some things. Don't get me wrong, a lot of Virgo. But she I say she's a lot of Scorpio too. So we gotta talk about um, Beyonce's article, Beyonce's evolution. It was some funny shit in the article. Made me laugh. <laughs> she looked good though. I mean, she looked good. She Beyonce always looks good. I mean, Beyonce don't never not look good. Okay, for real, she looked great. Okay, but you know, we got to talk about the 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 the, the, the article because it was funny. I started yawning about the six fifty sixth paragraph. I was oh, I was it was the same shit different day. <laughs> Contrived Beyonce to the, to to it doesn't seem like a natural interview is happening. You know what it seems like they gave her they submitted her questions and she wrote down the answers. <laughs> like in speech for her. <laughs> oh my God, I can't wait to talk about this article. <laughs> We're gonna talk about that when we get it back. And what's the other thing we gotta talk about? Uh McDonald's and Salty out here trying to act like Salty is eating McDonald's like that. No, she ain't. You say her name, Salty? I said, they ain't doing nothing but gaslighting us. That girl ain't eating McDonald's and keeping that shape like that. Come on now. And then we got to talk about the earthquake in Haiti. Poor Haiti. Let me tell you something. Nobody has taken it on the chin. Like, well, no, black people in America have. But we a different beast. It's a different beast going on. But Haiti, God, just, I mean, the shit that goes, I mean, now it's an earthquake that happened. I mean, they just got, they just got a president assassinated. They just had a damn coup almost. And now they have an earthquake killing It's like, it's like when it it just don't stop in Haiti. It's like, damn. So we got to talk about it when we get back. Haiti, prayers to the Haitian people. I look up to uh, Haiti, Haitian Revolution. I think the Haitian Revolution was one of the dopest things that happened in history. Uh, Haitians were involved in a lot of great things in history. Uh, but you know, we got to talk about that, and the, you know what's happening. I mean, this is not going to be good for them, for that island. It's is not. This is. We'll talk about that, okay? We'll that, and then we're we'll also talking about how these how they trying to pressure y'all to get these uh, vaccines out in these streets, right? Okay, and, you know, I ain't, I've i always said on this show, your vaccine, whether you get the vaccine or not, is a personal decision. I, I You know, I'd be it the I am legend and stuff like that. But, no, serious, though, on a serious note, I'm not against vaccines. I'd just be liking to watch vaccines and see how they come about. you got to give it time and make sure you study it and understand it before you get it. That still won't tell you nothing. It still craps you But I ain't saying don't get it, and I ain't saying not to get it. But we are going to talk about how they trying to put mandates and shit out. Meanwhile, there's buses of migrants being dropped off across the country, like three buses with people ain't being tested for COVID. A lot of people been positive and stuff like that. If y'all care so much about stopping COVID, why are y'all letting people cross the borders? With no COVID tests, and a lot of them, they said fifty percent of the people that have been crossing over have had COVID. They don't give a shit. We're gonna talk about that and a whole lot more when we get back on the CC show. Meanwhile, let's see what are we gonna um, what are we gonna play? Oh, I have a sung up. Oh, after seven, yeah, I want you. Okay, it's the CC show. I'll be back in a minute, y'all. Okay. Yeah, I thought I'd be back in a minute. <laughs> Where's the song at? Where is it? Jesus. Okay, there it is. Okay, we'll be back in a moment, y'all. I want you after 7. It's the CC Show. I'm Carlotta. That's one of the, like, all-time gems. Y'all remember, uh, what was it, Strictly Business that was on, I think? I remember when Holly Berry does that dance with Strictly Business. And hey, she was so cute back then. I was in love with her. Like, that here That's how I got that haircut and everything when I was on. I was like, I thought it was Holly Berry. Back then I had, you know, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I I really, yeah, I love that person this day, okay? Still a gem, all right? All right, y'all, let's get to these hot topics in these streets because there's a lot of them, okay? Hopefully you guys can hear me good. You know, I had to change the headphones, my other speaker. Y'all know how i be doing on this show. It'll get right one day. Okay? But right now, y'all got the ghetto version of the show. (laughs) Okay? So hopefully the sound sounds good for y'all and everything. But here we go. All right? So let's get into this news. The death toll in Haiti is going up. Uh, this is according to yahoo.com. Uh, it says, um, the death toll from a 72 magnitude earthquake in Haiti claimed, uh, climbed to 12, 1,297 on Sunday, a day after the powerful, uh, Timbler turned thousands of structures into rubble and set off a frantic rescue, uh, set off frantic rescue efforts ahead of potential, um, Deluge from a, from an approaching storm. Man, a storm's coming too? Oh, my Lord. Saturday's earthquake also left at least 5,700 people injured in the Caribbean nation, with thousands more displaced from their destroyed or damaged homes. Survivors in some areas were forced to wait out in the open um, open amid oppressive heat for help from overloaded hospitals. The devastation could soon worsen with the coming of tropical depression Grace, which is predicted to reach Haiti on Monday. The U.S. National Hurricane Center warned that although Grace had weakened from tropical storm from Sunday, it is still po- it is still posed a threat to bring heavy rain, flooding, and landslides. The earthquake struck the southwestern part of the hemisphere's poorest nation almost razzing some towns and triggering landslides that hampered rescue efforts in, in a country already struggling with coronavirus pandemic, a presidential assassination, and a wave of gang violence. The Epic Center was about 125 kilometers, 78 miles, west of the capital of Port-au-Prince. The US Geological Survey said an aftershock continued to jolt the area Sunday. In the badly damaged coastal town of Les Cayes, am I saying that right? Jenny, uh, Jenny August lay on a flimsy fem, foam mattress on the tarmac of the community, tiny airport, waiting for anything. Face at a hospital a small plane like the ones ferrying the wounded to the Capitol. She suffered injuries in the chest, of abdominal, arms when the roof collapsed at the store where she worked. And she says, there has been nothing, no help, nothing from government, August sisters. Uh, Brett Train said, okay? So they're saying, in scenes widespread across the region, uh, hit by the quake, family salvaged a few belongings and spent the night in open-air foot, uh, football uh, pitch. On Sunday, uh, people lined up to buy what little was available, bananas, avocados, and water at the local street market. Listen, listen, listen. You know what, hold on, I can't even just read no more. This is so sad. And, uh, You know, and it's so. This is, you know, here's the thing. Haiti has struggled for so many years, been taken advantage of by white supremacy. White supremacy loves to just it's fucked with Haiti just all the time. You know, it's just what it is. You know, they it is punished for being the black well first black republic. It is punished for literally kicking the French's ass and Napoleon's ass. I mean, they they you know they they punished for that. years later they still punishing their ass for it and uh you know i try to say too i think that there, there are some spiritual things going on too in haiti i mean there's so many things uh um, you know when a country is not only is this white supremacy able to run, overrun people that, you know, people in a country, but it also can put them at a spiritual deficit because you see so much trauma every day, even though Haiti's a very religious and spiritual place. But how can you not be at a spiritual deficit when you're one of the front lines of white supremacy? Yeah, I mean, the front lines of getting your ass kicked by white supremacy, you know? And for no reason, you're just like, damn, because you want a war. <laughs> that's what that's what I think. That's that's my thing, and you know that's my thing And so um, it's sad because when these type of things happen with Hagee and people try to raise money, they always be taken advantage of in that too. It's like. You know, like they had millions and millions, of billions of dollars last time for the earthquake to go to Haiti, right? And the people didn't get it. That shit, they got robbed again. You know what I'm saying? This is, and it continues to be one of the, like they said, one of the poorest places in the world. They raise money, and yet they rob them for it. I mean, you know, they was giving celebrity concerts. Remember the last was a Celebrity concert? They was raising all kind of money down in, two, two, two. Are they out, and they only talked about, try to talk about y robbing people. Which I, I, you know what? I'm, I tend to believe that y I don't really believe that. I don't know. I don't know. I'm kind of not really believing the y thing. I think when they try to target people, they probably are doing the right thing. When the media targets them, I look at you, you probably doing the right thing. It's the who really was robbing them was these big cherries, huge cherries where the celebrities were dancing and performing and singing and like what was the, giving money and shit and they barely got any of that money. Imagine. This is sad. Just prayers for the people I hate. I mean, you know, just I don't, you know. Sad, It really is. It really is. I mean, you know, they won't stop until they have they 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 get taken over again. It's just they won't stop. They, they just ain't they gonna stop, you know. And I saw, you know, a celebrity had up. Uh, I think it was Maxwell. Maxwell's half Haitian. I think they had. He had it from like help Haiti because Haiti, Haiti helped too, to America. I'm like America. Like mm-hmm, I'll be there. Listen, I that's people who don't sometimes understand. The political, and I'm not saying he don't understand, but I'm just saying that he do White supremacy don't work like that. Thing is, Haiti supposed to get they want Haiti to get their ass kicked. They want Haiti to be so kicked, messed up like it is now that it never reaches its full potential has a, a, a has 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 an inspiration to black people all around the sport. That's what they do to African Americans. They kick our ass They kick, they love to in our ass because we are, we are the lens of the superpower. You know what I'm saying? We created the superpower, right? Our people created the superpower. Our history is. And so what they love to do with us is they like to use other immigrants, including Haitians, against us. They bring, they create subcultures and white supremacy in America does. And now they're working to just completely try to erase Adolf. <laughs> So they war against us too, so we. I can respect the what they got, what happens over in Haiti, because they war and they war against Adolf, African Americans, the FBA, whatever you want to call us, just like they 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 war. But Haiti got a whole full country, so they really war a war. <laughs> I mean, a little full island over there, they really war against they. Ass. Yeah, I mean, you know it. The only thing is why I tell people a lot of times with places like, you know, in Haiti and stuff like that, sometimes you have to find out what the local charities are in those places like that. And the reason why you do is because that that's where the money hits the ground and runs. You know what I'm saying? If there's not a lot of corruption and stuff like that, that's where the money – but sometimes these big organizations – are so full of corruption, even the big ones that's funneled through America, different places, and they end up spending very little money in the places that need it, what they're running money, raising money for. So, you know, they ain't going to help. They ain't that interested in helping. Hey, I mean, as a matter of fact, this is probably right up the right, white supremacy plan. Oh, so, you know, I always say, you know, they got heartbroken. What is it, heart? Is it heart? Y'all be laughing at me about heart. Don't laugh at me. It's a full show about HARP on. Y'all like, uh-oh, Carlotta, here she come with a conspiracy theater. So yes, I am. I don't really know if it's a conspiracy anymore that people can create. I mean, they can use weather as bioweapons. I mean, I don't know, you know. That they can change the weather now. I'm going to just tell y'all to look up HARP. I'm done. I mean they're probably far more advanced than HARP now. They're probably gonna advance it's probably like something way worse. I mean, they're able to use weather as a weapon nowadays. Allegedly. And so when we talking about not weather not just weather, earthquakes too. I'm going to look at that. And some people like, say, I don't want to deal with that view. Y'all better start dealing with them. Cause the world is ran by some really evil-ass people. It's some evil-ass elite people out here that we have engaged our infrastructures and stuff too. And these people don't have no mercy. Especially for a place like Haiti, okay? And they don't mind killing the people out. Genocide. They feel like if some of these people are eugenics. They feel like there's too many folks in the world anyway, and especially black folks, okay. and not tough black folks. Like they got over in Haiti. Well, got a history of toughness and a religion that can bite. No, well, a spirituality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I'm not gonna go into it, but I do believe that they that that you know they may be I don't know I just think it's it's a it's just weird to me they just had lost their they just had they they have all kind of problems going on politically and now they get hit with this and now a storm's coming I mean What more? What the perfect toxic ish, okay? just prayers for the people of Haiti, prayers, because sometimes we often don't realize that, you know, there are people, human beings who are dying and who can't get help and stuff like that. You know, America, we over here, we spoiled over here in our ish. So saying, we, we know we ain't that far from it because remember, y'all last year, y'all almost had the uh, toilet paper apocalypse up in here during COVID. So y'all ain't that far from asking a food maybe one day of, you know, being uh, uh, like Haiti, hey, people having to buy a little bit of food they can buy. You kind of, you can't imagine the magnitude they're, having, they're, they're experiencing in a poor country. So, you know, please put prayers out and find legit. if you're going to give, find legitimate charity that will uh, really help the people of Haiti to get back on their feet and help people, uh, help them to get more help in the region, okay? That's all I can say to that. Man, very sad, all right? Uh, Donald Trump out in the streets. He wants Biden to resign. Donald Trump, signed. Donald be said, Donald be telling the truth out here. <laughs> Put the he said, this is according to the New York Post, they said former President Donald Trump Sunday called on President Joe Biden to resign in disgrace over his handling of Afghanistan withdrawal from and other issues. Oh, Biden has got a mess. Joe has got a mess in Afghanistan. It's time for Joe Biden to resign in disgrace for what he has allowed to happen in Afghanistan, along with tremendous surge in COVID, the border catastrophe, and it is a catastrophe. Uh, the destruction of energy independence and our crippled economy. The former president wrote in a statement. The Taliban has rapidly taken control of the most most of the country and has has insurgent forces enter the capital city of Kabul where U.S. troops have been sent to evacuate the embassy. Mobs of panicked people can be seen at the cabal airport, Kabul airport, airport. I don't know if I'm saying it right, frankly, trying to see the city on, flee the city on Sunday. Trump's administration had negotiated the terms of the withdrawal of U.S. troops from Afghanistan by May 1st. Trump even considered withdrawing troops from the region before leaving office. When the president announced that he planned to fully withdraw troops from Afghanistan on September 11th, the 20th anniversary of 9-11 attacks, he was slammed by Trump, who insisted Biden keep close as as possible to his own goal of getting troops out on May 1st. I made early withdrawals possible by already pulling much of the billions of dollars of equipment out, and more importantly, reducing military presence to less than 2,000 troops from 16,000. Level that was uh, there. Likewise, in Iraq and zero troops in uh, Syria, except for the area where he kept the oil. He said in an email to supporters in April, Republicans have blasted Biden for the current crisis on the country where the U.S. has maintained a presence for 20 years. Um, uh, but he also said too they didn't play. They didn't put the whole thing. But he also said he should resign because seeing he, he didn't win mag- the election legitimately anyway. <laughs> Donald Trump is a mess out in these streets. And, you know, Joe is an even more mess. mess. Uh, Joe Biden, it's a hot, it's a hot brief mess. Okay. He just, I don't know, it, and he's, didn't he go on vacation after he didn't create this mess on the, around the world? He didn't went on vacation. His old ass, his whole ass, I don't even remember uh, withdrawing anybody. <laughs> Y'all be up here. Something. Y'all done, Y'all y'all done put in the C.L. President. I, I swear, Americans are special. <laughs> oh, y'all went crazy with Donald, and now y'all go see hey, I I don't know what You all <laughs> You gotta love American people. Speaking of nuts, this Indiana woman allegedly killed, dismembered husband before asking their children, clean the time sink. Kind of see, now, I often talk on here to the ladies about crazy and deranged. And every now and then I get to talk to the men. Fellas, today is showtime. You got to ask yourself some questions about some of these girls. I mean, that girl that keep calling and going off on you, like, Ray, hey, you back? What you doing? Who you with? Hey, you. You And you be laughing at the craziness, you like, dang, you know, I got to it. I got it. I I uh-uh, be very careful. So you might turn her into crazy and deranged. It's a lot of y'all messing with some cray-cray. Because men, and y'all be laughing at the shit, okay? Some of y'all ain't laughing, but a lot of y'all be laughing in this end of morning. Yeah, 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 she ain't calling my phone to I'm telling you, be careful. it's nutty nuts out in the street, okay? Nutty nuts. Okay, like this one. An Indiana woman, this is People dot com, has been accused of killing and dismembering her husband before enlisting her two teenage children to help dispose of the body. That's a lot of, ugh, the name along says it all. Jessalantia Allen, a resident of La Porte, Indiana, allegedly shot her husband, Randy Allen, inside an apartment in the city last week. Subsequently, she allegedly dismembered him and placed his body parts in a bag according to a probable cause affidavit. The affidavit alleges that she planned to place the remains in a car and light them on fire. That's a bright idea. Uh, according to the affidavit, according to the affidavit, police in Laporte said a Michigan man told them that Allen 34 showed him her husband's body in the closet of her apartment. The man alleged uh, Allen had asked him to help remove the body, which he declined to do before asking her to drive him uh, back to Michigan. During the car ride back to the state. The man told the authorities that Allen threw a gun out of the car, according to the affidavit. Atlas, Lord have mercy, she ain't got no business murdering nobody. First of all, she she ain't too bright. You know, you, you, you threw the car, you threw the gun out the car. You ask somebody to help you, you drive him back. Lord Jesus. Uh, after police found and later arrested Allen, the mother allegedly confessed that she had shot and killed Randy, and that his body was still inside the closet with her daughter's bed. Uh, within her daughter's bedroom, the affidavit says. Authorities later found her husband's dismembered body inside a tote in their apartment. In follow-up interviews, Allen's two teenage children told police that on the night of his fatal shooting, Randy had helped them with their homework on a computer when he found a website that their mom had visited. Police said that's when Allen returned home. Randy allegedly asked her about the fight in question. The couple had an argument during which Randy said he was going to leave. The two teens told authorities they heard a loud bang and later saw Randy on the floor asking him to call 911 for help. The affidavit was safe. The two teens said their mother told them not to call police, alleging they were later woken up in the middle of the night by Alan asking them to help dispose of the body. They allegedly they alleged that she asked them to help dispose of the body and clean the crime scene the next day as well. Poor children subjected to a nutcase. case. After police executed a search warrant, that's me for that writing. Of Alan's home, authorities found an axe and a knife inside the mother's closet that had residues of red like substance that appeared to be blood, the affidavit states. The tote, which had the dead body within it, was also located. Several handwritten notes with a checklist of things to do related to Randy's death were also found under a pillow in Alan's daughter's room, police alleged in the affidavit. Alan faces multiple charges. This is going to be seen on, I know it's going to be on the ID channel one day. Uh, Murder charges, abuse of corpse, child neglect, it's not immediately until she enters a plea or a case an attorney. Listen, fellas, fellas, uh, listen, some of y'all right now is dealing with crazy and deranged, right? You know, Randy probably didn't think that she was capable of shooting his ass. Or he may have thought it, but he thought, you know, oh, you know, crazy ass, I'm like, I know what crazy ass. You know, some of you men like that too. Y'all like crazy and deranged. I find it exciting. (laughs) Oh, but crazy and deranged fellas can get you shot and dismembered. And then, except she is cleaning it up. (laughs) Shit. Watch out for the nutty buddies. They out there in the women too. Oh my lord! They out there in the females. They out there in the females. It's just a lot of female nuts out in these streets. Okay, fellas, don't think that you can't be subjected to a female who is a nut, and that a female because she's a female she can't kill you. Oh, those are the worst kind. Female killers are the worst, and they you know what they do it they do it because they're so unsuspecting. Well, so most of y'all can suspect her, but y'all don't want to believe it. Y'all know she a nut, but y'all like, you know, she just a little crazy. Y'all like it crazy. You know, no, she's a nut, okay? Like this woman. Randy, didn't, Randy was laying on the ground. He didn't call 911. Ask the kids, call 911. One said, well, nope. Because he was getting ready to leave, trying to do the right thing, leave her crazy ass so he wouldn't have to knock her ass out. He getting ready to try to do the right thing and leave What her crazy do allegedly shoot his ass. And he laying on the floor, probably to have lived. Well her crazy ass tell her kids, no, don't don't cry to police, don't do that And then Dad wakes her kids up in the middle of the night. Man, can you help me clean up screen on scene? Y'all wake up, y'all help me get rid of his body. What a night. Poor children. Fella if you are with a woman who's a single, you know, mother or something, I always pay attention to how she has a bracelet. Pay attention to that. I remember I had a friend, a good guy friend, and he was dating this girl who had a daughter, right? And he 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 wasn't dating her that long. And I was like, you know, and he was telling me little stories and saying, you know, what you think? I said, I think she's irresponsible with her child. And he was like, what? I said, there's no way you ain't been chiming been on you that long. Yeah, you already coming over, and hanging out, and spending the night at her house. You already trying to act as a father figure to her cat, kid. You ain't been knowing until about three, four months. Any chick that would be that way and distant, like kind of too opening up her child and her family, her thing and stuff. You got to be careful. You got to watch she moving too fast, and she's being kind of loose with a cat with her child in this day and age when there's so many crazies out here. You don't just expose your child to a man that you ain't known that long. And he's like, dear, you know what? I didn't think about that. And he said, you're right. You know, I need to re-examine how I'm saying this because, you know, you you might like some cuckoo coochie coop pot, but she meanwhile she got you disrespecting the kid and, and, the, and the boundaries that should be in place for you when you're freshly in her life. You know, a kid should not be exposed to somebody after two months. I just, that's my personal opinion. Yeah, unless you marry them. It's just, in this day and age, there's too many cray crays out there. So if a woman is loose, loose with her children and letting you get it close to her real fast and suddenly you real children in a day and age where there's molesters out here, all kind of stuff, question her sanity because she could possibly be,
2: uh, what's her?
1: What's like? What's Thessalonica. She could be a Thessalonica. I think Thessalonica didn't take her long to let him around. Like get, to get married. I don't know. I don't know. But she did. She was crazy enough to ask her kids to help her clean. Help me clean up the crime scene. And get rid of that crazy this is just crazy. I just want to get a fellow to one type. All right, so so what were you all been waiting for? Beyonce Evolution. Oh my god! <laughs> what an article! <sighs> Oh, Beyonce, 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 she always gives me material. I try, I try to say something. You know, I, there's parts of me that admire Beyonce. I think Beyonce is gorgeous. I going to say all the good things first. She's beautiful. I mean, she's gorgeous to look at. My goodness, she's, she's gorgeous. Body on point. That, uh, Just a lot. Great, I love her performances, everything, you know? Overhyped, though, definitely. And this article (laughs) is proof of it. (sighs) Let's start on reading some of Harper's Bazaar's little thing for Beyonce. Women born at the dawn of the 1980s were among the last generation to live an analog life and the first to see themselves reimagined in digital. The Beyonce's childhood coincided with the rise of home recording equipment, video cameras, stereo systems that let you record your own voice, keyboards that let you find whatever sound you wanted, personal computers to synthesize it all. The girls before her had murals and the echoes of the trees and magazines with cartoons, approximations to reflect themselves, her generation was the first to regularly regularly experiencing the dizzying accuracy of playback. It could be a destabilizing force. There's your voice as you think it down, and then your voice when it comes back to you after you hit record. Oh, look at this. They're trying to bring it up. Or it's a little generational thing. Beyonce Know Carter came of age during that digital revolution, and knowing how to navigate the dissonance. Is part of her artistic superpower. <laughs> Don't laugh. She has built her company, really, Parkwood Entertainment, into a media conglomerate that includes a fashion line, Ivy Park. She is now a mother of three to nine-year-old Blue Ivy, four-year-old twins, Rooney and Sir, with husband, J.D. The iconic couple has just been named the new faces of Tiffany and Company, which. Was acquired earlier this year by LBMH and is relaunching under its auspices. And she is working on new music along with an array of other projects that promise to obliterate old boundaries and brought her further into uncharted territory. See, say is so cute. And whoever wrote this article is even cuter, okay? <sighs> Is that what I sound like? Is that what I wanted to send into the world? These are questions she answers anew. Each decade of her life, now forty. <clears throat> Has Beyonce is she forty? Is it forty or forty five? No, I'm not kidding. Hey, she's a kid that didn't she say she saw the thriller premiere on one of these seasons? This is always what made me question Beyonce's age. I've been question Beyonce's age. And if she's forty five or something, that's good too. There's nothing wrong with that. But where I question Beyonce's age is, she is on this video about Michael Jackson. I have, like, this whole set of Michael Jackson videos. Like, I'm a huge Michael Jackson fan. I have this whole set of every, like, a lot of concerts he did. I bought, like, from something in China. They, They shipped from China for me. It's, like, something they don't even have in the States, right? It's all his concert footage and everything that he did overseas. It's, like, probably five or six times, but there's this one thing where Beyonce and Emma, I'm talking about Michael Jackson,
3: and Beyonce
1: says, when I was little, I had a thriller jacket. i was like, really? Weren't you born in like 85 or 86? <laughs> How'd you have a thriller jacket? And then she tells this story about going home and watching thriller with everybody. And I'm like, this is how you watch thriller. That came in like in 83. Like you might have been a child or you, were, or you weren't even born. <laughs> she's funny. Anyway, ah, let's hear Beyonce. You turned 40 on September 4th, reflecting on your life, so far, what has each decade taught you? The first decade of my life was dedicated to dreams, because I was an introvert. I didn't speak very much as a child. I spent a lot of time in my head building my imagination. I am now grateful for those shy years of silence. Being shy taught me empathy and gave me the ability to connect and to relate to people. (laughs) Do you think she's relating down here? (laughs) The robots relating. (laughs) Uh, I'm no longer shy, but I'm not sure I would dream as big as I dream today if it were not for those awkward years in my head. I was competing in dancing and singing competitions at age seven. When I was on stage, I felt safe. I was often the only black girl, and it was then that I started to realize that I had to dance and sing twice as hard. (laughs) I had to have stage presence, wit, and charm. If I wanted to win, I started taking voice lessons from an opera singer at nine. (laughs) By 10, I had already recorded at least 50 or 60 songs in the recording studio. Oh, y'all like, what are you doing? i of laughing hilariously. This was before Pro Tools, when you recorded to tape. I had my first vocal injury at 13 from singing in the studio for too many hours. We had just gotten our first record deal, and I was afraid I had developed nozzles and destroyed my voice, and my career would be over. The doctors put me on vocal rest all summer, and I was silent once Again, <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I couldn't make this shit up with my God. <laughs> my, my, and this other the unbeliever. is that it's contrite, as she always is. I'm going to read a little bit more. My teenage years were about grind. I grew up hearing this particular scripture from James 2.17. Faith without works is dead. Vision and intention weren't enough. I had to put in the work. I committed to always being a student and always being open to growth. I committed to always being a student, student. No, no one in my school knew that I could sing because I barely spoke. My energy went into destiny Child and to dream of us getting a record deal and becoming musicians. If something wasn't helping me reach my goal, I decided to invest no time in it. I didn't feel like I had time to kiki or hang out. I sacrificed a lot of things and ran from any possible distraction. I felt as a young black woman that I couldn't mess it up. I felt the pressure from outside and their eyes watching me for to trip or fall. I couldn't let my family down after all the sacrifices they made for me and the girl.
0: I can't stop.
1: I got to stop. I grew a fast. I wanted to break all the stereotypes of the black superstar. Oh, God. Here we go. Oh, this is when I start yawning. Whether falling victim to drugs or alcohol or the absurd misconception that black women were angry, I knew I was given this amazing opportunity, and I felt like I had one shot. I refused to mess it up, but I had to give up a lot. Then she goes into her 20s. Oh, God, it's just long. And it's just a dissertation on herself. And I understand they're asking her to describe the decades, but it's a lot. It sounds like a long-ass speech. She talks about being in meetings with analytics and I was told the research discovered that my fingers didn't like it when my, pho- when my photo- photography was black and white. They told me it wouldn't sell if it wasn't in color. This is Beyonce trying to prove she's something more than what she really is. Okay, listen, I read the article much to my dismay. <laughs> and um, she goes through every decade. She says she has no interest in searching back as the past. In the past, I feel many aspects of that younger, Leslie Bob Beyonce could never fuck with the woman I am today. Ha! Huh? Here's the deal. Uh, and the Virgo thing. Just what she talked about the Virgo thing. And uh, she says she's being intentional about setting boundaries between her stage persona and her personal life. Uh. It's a lot. Oh, this is the part I have to read this. I'm grateful for the ability to choose what I want to share. Oh, this is, is this the part. We live in a world with few boundaries and a lot of access. There's so many Internet therapists. Yes, I'm one of them. Comment critics, comment critics, I'm one of them. And experts with no expertise. I got a little. Don't, don't throw me out like that. I can feel it out times. Our reality can be warped because it's based on personalized algorithms. It shows us what, whatever truth we are searching for, and that's dangerous. We can create our own false reality when we're not fed a balance of what's true. I know she voted. I know they gave her. Like, somebody helped her. <laughs> false reality yeah, where we're not fed a balance of what's truly going on in the world. It's easy to forget. There's still so much to discover outside of our phones. I'm grateful I have the ability to choose what I want to share. One day, I decided I wanted to be like Sade and Prince. I wanted to focus to be on. I wanted to focus to be on my music because if my art isn't strong enough or meaningful enough to keep people interested and inspired, then I'm in the wrong business. My music, my films. My did she say her films? Huh. <laughs> my art, my message. That should be let me stop. This is what's wrong. She thinks she's Charday and, and, and Prince. She's not. Beyonce, Beyonce, you're not Charday and Prince. You didn't pay the price that Charday and Prince paid. Can I explain to you what that price is? You paid a different price. Your price was to overhype you, to massively produce you. Uh, As came into the game, yes, there was a lot of things behind Charde, but Charde chooses her battles. Like, like, Shardé doesn't have to be the most famous thing on the planet. Shardé goes away. She sings for a little while, and then she goes away for a long time. Like, Shardé don't give a shit. Shardé, like, what the fuck I don't care? Prince gave a shit a little bit. Now, you can relate to Prince a little bit, but not with the musicianship and stuff like that. Prince paid a hefty price. He A lot of times he wasn't pushed. Some of the greatest albums by him weren't pushed. Every fucking failure you come out with is pushed to the hills. You can't relate. You're not them. You didn't pay the price they paid. You didn't pay the price. Somebody like Maxwell paid. Somebody like Maxwell. Hey, and D'Angelo, I don't need all that. I mean, I can't. I mean, you know, I'll work my way to it. But you ain't got a masterly hype me up. I understand what the price is for that. No. You didn't pay that price, and you can't step into it now. That's what you like to do. You like to be print. You want to switch it up on these executives out here When well, you built your whole career from being a massive-produced, over-inflated balloon that can pop at any second. And pitch train to the music. I mean, it's been a couple of – I can name about eight, six, seven songs, good songs. Michael Jackson with Out the door. That's what you focus on. And now you're giving this big dissertation. I know you worked hard. I believe that. I believe you working hard. I believe that. Not you uh, I'm sorry. What's the thing? I believe all of that. Okay? But you did not pay the price of a Prince or a Chardet. You will never, ever, 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 ever be Prince and Chardet. And that is okay. It's okay, Beyonce. And they're not going to let you be it either. You know what? They're not going to let you be it. They're not going to let you be it because they put so much money into hyping your overinflated ass. You're going to have to sell some socks and some shoes, some Ivy Park, sell some Disney movies, some, oh, you might have to sell about two or three more Disney movies because the Blackest King went to the you know, didn't do well. Uh, you going to have to work hard for this overinflated shit, right? Like, like, can we? Be, oh, oh that, don't get mad. Be high. Don't get. No, no, no. Don't, don't, don't get mad. Don't start cussing me out. Listen, listen I'm telling, her, I'm telling her a bit of truth that she needs. She needs it. Trick Daddy gave her some of the truth. I'm getting ready to give her the full truth. You're a great performer. Good singer. Beautiful girl. Very interesting. The Shadé, and I that's not the road you chose. You didn't chose that road. You chose the road of I wanna be the biggest star on the planet. Even if I don't have the fucking yet. Just blow me up like I Adam. Give me the fucking rammies. I don't care. <laughs> I just wanna be big. I don't care. And I'm gonna, we're going to make it look like you're working real hard, because you are. You are working real hard for all that thing. It's just, unfortunately, it didn't measure up to the height. Like, I think Beyonce came in a time where she misjudged the time. Like, you know, at one point they were selling records, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, Michael Jackson. He could do the thriller thing in that day. Like, I think a lot of young people missed that. They wanted the Michael Jackson marketing, but not understand that Michael Jackson marketing came along in a time when records were selling. Like, Michael Jackson, owed investors, too. I mean, you know, and shit and stuff like that, too. But, but, like, shit, he was able to, they was able to, able to massively inflate his ass, and people was able to go in the record store and go, here's $10 for that album. Here's, you know, about bought that album. And he was able to, you know. He was able to get some shit back, you know, from him. Y'all overinflated ass. <laughs> you come along in the digital world, as you say. <laughs> you can't pay them enough for the thriller hype you've gotten. You've gotten uh, the publicity of an album, a person who sells 150 million albums, who you've not sold that, means I mean, that's your career fail. The coolest destiny child CDs. But yet, they give you the inflation and the market value, which you really aren't that, of, the, of a Michael Jackson, but you ain't, got, you ain't got the Michael Jackson shit behind you. Like, it's fucked up. <laughs> so that's why I'm here telling, you know, Ace of <laughs> Let me get
0: you it. It's late.
1: I'm talking shit. What else are they selling? They've been on two on the run tours. I mean shit, they they asses have been on the run for a long ass time. I understand you gotta pay you got to pay the piper. Shit. Who else what else they been out here on? They they selling rock nation and live nation. Shit. I don't know, brother right something. The face of white capital. Listen, y'all got a lot to you y'all, y'all gotta work that shit out. They got a lot of shit to work. <laughs> You asked for the hype at the at the wrong time. Like you didn't probably anticipate there would be a day when nobody would buy your fucking album. Now, usually, I mean, not buy your album because they buy your album, just not to the level of your hype, right? And that's where you kids mismanage it. You know, you thought like I'm gonna be the next Michael Jackson. Understand, Michael Jackson paid a massive-ass price. But not only did Michael Jackson pay a massive-ass price for his, his his place in history, and that's what she said, I'm going to be a different type of superstar. I don't want to be drinking and drugging. I ain't going to say what I heard, but I'm going to leave that on. I ain't going to be drinking and drinking, and, 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 and I'm just going to be different. I just want to be a different superstar, a different superstar. This is where she always gets in trouble, doesn't she, that, you know. He tries to make herself. Uh, I just want to be, I, want to, I don't want to be having the same, uh, like the angry black woman. I don't want to be, I don't be, I, 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 but you know what? You can't be that because you're actually inflated to look like you're a superstar, but you're really not. I mean, you are because they're over height And I would even say they probably brought half the album, but I'm on that glass. That's just my thing. Anyway. I because when they at one time allegedly out in these streets, they caught them fudging the strings of Beyonce and kind. Of, uh, 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 uh. Anyway, as I say, you will not be that superstar in the way that Michael Jackson was, so you can't understand that type of pressure that came with the eighties. It was a different world. If mofos folks was saying in your audience, they probably just planted, it. or uh, it's some really crazy thing out there just thinking over you. I mean, I, it's not that that's not happening. Where you used to go to Michael Jackson concert, you see droves of people. I mean, they was they was putting people in the in the ambulances, like people were. It was a different world. You tried to do what Michael Jackson did without all of that, and it, it, it looks like a success from the outside world because they're hyping you because they need to get their money back. But the truth of the matter, in my personal opinion, is you're a dismal failure. I mean, you're, you're a success on the outside, but you're going to have to work this shit out a long time, the bloated overhype. And I say it every day. I say it all the time because we can't. Start jumping in. other she, And this will help her because that means that next time when you make an album, you keep, she's saying that I'm free now. I'm going to be free. I've paid my dues. No, you haven't. Have you really paid your dues? I mean, they've given you 70-some nominations. Even Michael Jackson with 200, with the greatest selling album in history, has not had that many nominations. Michael Jackson, who had... Off the wall. And, thriller, are, are you really? Are you really seeing you, pay for the height you've gotten? Oh shit, no! And now you're trying to say you're Prince and <laughs> <laughs> she wants to be. She wants to be Prince and Sardin. No, bitch, you can't be Princess Rade. I, lo- I like you, Beyonce, but you will not be Princess Rade because you did not choose the decisions they chose early on in their career. They choose Prince. You know what Prince's major hype was? And I think he had a problem with it afterwards. That was Purple Rain. This is like, damn, this shit ain't what it's cut out to be. I asked for all the hype. Now my ass is nearly fighting for my damn name. Oh god, this is a crazy show. I'm fighting for my name out here, Prince. After all that hype from Purple Rain, I'm fighting for my Prince. Literally, start walking around with a, a with his, with, uh, with with symbols on his face and talking about he's a slave, and and she expects to believe that he paid the price. To be in that kind of atmosphere with Prince. That, that, do we understand? That? She's talking about to be in a Prince and Chardet atmosphere. When she didn't even make those decisions early on, her career has always been from the pico about hype. To look like you're a Prince and to look like you're in that category, but you're really not. You're more like a A Gorish Ad shanty. Ah! Oh, no. I did not say that. No, not a glorified. That's too mean. Not a gl- I like a Shanti, though. But I was just saying, not a glorified Shanti. Let me take the fresh out. I no sense of Shanti. What, is she a glorified? What is she? A glorified? I can't think of it. I mean, it's something I've never seen the likes of a Beyonce before, an overblown pop star. I mean, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them nowadays. There's a ton of them. I can name a few, but I won't. Yes, I will. Taylor Swift. But she's got the album sales. Oh, my God. Taylor Swift has the album sales. I ain't trying to say on the mountains. Adele. It, some people say Beyonce has. No, not for the hype. Beyonce does not have the album sales for the hype she receives. She receives she Michael Jackson hype, like I said, with no, not that great of, like, her whole career is literally what Michael Jackson sold in one album. It's you know I don't think that the young people out here understand that there is literally like you when you when these people ask for these massive publicity, when they ask for these massive pushes of, of for an artist that they pay for that there is a lot of things entangled when they sign big contracts a hundred million dollars or when people are signing them and paying them uh, those are like investors. They expect to get something out of you. And if you're bloated and alive, kind of, they don't get back to return. So you end up literally, she's thinking, Beyonce saying in this article, I paid my dues. I've done everything. And now I'm going to break some rules. No, she isn't. She's going to do exactly what the fuck they tell her to do. Beyonce, bitch, you're not going to, you're going to break some rules. You're going to shake those asses next album. We ain't going to sell no Black King shit. Damn that elimination. What was that first album? What was that B Day and Crazy and Love? Can we go back to that? <laughs> what's, the, what's the other one? What was the biggest other album? If you like to put a ring on it, can we capture that a little bit? Oh <laughs> man. She is not listen, the least she is the the person who least has the the most hyped person in history has no control of her career? I, I I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I don't. She could tell me that twenty times. I say no, you don't. You're too overhyped. You're too overblown. Prince Prince didn't even Prince who was Prince who was selling records. Prince who was uh, worth the hype. Prince who Purple Rain did really well.
0: He
1: was, he was talking about he was a slave let alone you, who's overhyped. Now, Sade, artists like Sade and Maxwell and D'Angelo, the Tamiyas of the world, um, you know, they do it right in some ways. I mean, we often think the most powerful artists in the industry are these overhyped, bloated bags. That are pop stars and get a lot of publicity, like Michael Jackson, height. And we think they're so powerful that they run around them, look,
0: "Look,
1: look, they, they got our own black nation. They don't own it. Yeah, they, look, they, 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 they own uh, this and that. They, and we so how times they need to the face of white capital. We think that they like the most powerful, but I would say the most powerful are actually the Chardons. The D'Angelo, the Nassau, the people, to me, the people who don't need the overhype. They want to move in their career as they should. Like,
0: Like,
1: it doesn't mean they don't receive hype at some point, or they haven't received it, but it's just enough. Like, they don't want to be overly bloated because they understand the dynamics of that shit. Like, right, right? Like, you know, you hear a lot of them artists talking, like artists like them talking cold, like I need to go away and live my life, my personal life, you know, and stuff like that. I, I just want to go away, you know, and, and, and <laughs> you know, and I got to, you know, I just got to live top. No, they don't. No, they don't. What they saying is my ass don't want to get caught up out here. It's a lot. These big-ass superstars, they got a lot. Of they, they pay a hefty price to be up there doing the shit they do. And I want to maintain some control of my shit. And the only way I maintain some control of my shit, less is best. So we be looking at the beyond face of the world with her overhyped, over bloated self. And we think, oh, she's so powerful. No, she's not powerful. The artists that are powerful are truly those those, those ones that, that still have some control of themselves. I'm not saying Max and all them dudes, because they're on major labels too, but there is a different level. They've made different choices in their careers. And what I mean by that is they have chosen to concentrate and focus on their artistry. They've chosen not to be massively produced. Not to massively. I tease on here all the time about Maxwell bringing out his new album because that's my favorite artist. I'm like, where the fuck is that, album, Maxwell? Blah 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 blah, 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 blah. But I really just be teasing. The truth is, I understand why he does that. It's a beautiful thing. It's very mysterious. It adds to his allure. He might irritate the hell out of his record company and all that stuff. But he, he, he's talking about somebody who can use the overhype machine and go for it. He got the looks and everything. He could do that shit. He could really do that shit and be really like an overinflated, piece, you know, out there. You know, but he is done. Like, what I, I'm, that's what I like about his too. That he really, he's like, you know what? I see that other end, it, it, and I, you know, there's a price to be paid for that, and especially probably if he can't pay it back. <laughs> it's just like, not I mean, you know what I'm saying. Like, you know, they 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 understand that I need to take this in pace. I'm my artist, my art work my art is more important to me or at least it seems like that to us. Maybe I'm wrong. Now I've heard some stories that that ain't true. Some people say people I ain't saying that about Maxwell, but some people say that a lot of times people take a long time comes to come through because they got purpose, per- <laughs> they have some shit going on. I ain't gonna say what I heard out of the But whatever it is, it's work for them. What has worked for them is that they said, "Hey, whatever has they've made great decisions as artists not to be overhyped, and they don't need it." Artists like Maxwell, the, the choice he made not to, "Urban to ended up being a great success for him. I think, but he said, "I think they said now album was a, was his big album or whatever, the first number one or whatever." But he chose not to overhype himself. He could have, they could have overhyped his ass, and he could be a big balloon right now. But he made different choices in his career. But you know what? My art's gonna come first and I'm gonna take my time with this shit because, you know, I understand what the rest of business is. So a lot of us we be looking at these articles, Harper Bazaar. My grandma didn't explain this to me years ago when I was considering music. My my grandma said, There's so much hype in me. She said, People you think these you people own these cars, they'll be own owning these cars. You think they got so much money, all of it's a part of the hype and the machine. Beyonce is a massive machine. Every artist is a machine, but Beyonce is a massive machine. Moving fast through orbit without uh, the hot air. <laughs> I mean, it's it's fact. You know, where Michael Jackson and them were moving through orbit because they had the the record companies could get money back through record sales and Payola was different at that time. It was a different time to use the Michael Jackson hype because Michael Jackson, they could somehow recoup some money, a lots of millions of dollars back from Michael Jackson, and he still paid a hefty price, right? Whereas Beyonce and them in this day are accepting that type of hype, but they don't have the ability to sell records like Michael Jackson. They don't have the fucking talent like Michael Jackson did to sell that. Yes, I said the fuck I said. Michael Jackson was the greatest entertainer that ever lived. Okay, it was some sort of shit about Michael. You ain't gonna see no more. <laughs> I mean, it is for real. Even Janet, I mean Janet, even her, like her tours were able to recoup. Listen, a lot of money back on the one tour. They struggled that second tour until they released the album, and they still, they people were still telling me they was giving away tickets. Goddamn <laughs> it. When they sell that football stadium, see hey, like half a stadium. Listen, all I'm saying is this: all I'm saying is these artists that be sitting up here giving you these these these, these bloated ideas about themselves—they bloated, they overly bloated. Beyonce, you won't be Sharday You fail to make decisions like Sharday Sharday decided that she didn't want to be uh, them to have control of her fucking ass forever. You know, I ain't gonna hype myself. I got my own hype. I can. I don't have to do this. <laughs> I don't have. I don't have to show up every four years with an album. <laughs> I can wait every ten years if I want to. Shit, I'm not gonna do that. I mean, it ain't that big. To me. And what's what has what she gotten in return? She made those decisions. She has a great cult following. People love her from all around the world. They take her shit seriously. She's in a whole artistic vibe of her own. You are not in that truck, baby. Sorry to hate it. Sorry to say that to you. You know you are in the massive pop star part, like Taylor Swift and all of them. You are there. Because they hype you up to be there. Charde is naturally actually in the probably should have twenty uh, uh 20, 20 some grams D'Angelo probably should have twenty some grammies. Not probably should have twenty some grams. Shit, Erica Badoo should probably have to do something, but your ass, the ring, you put a ring on it, and they're saying something you, you was hyped, you was bloated, you didn't make the choices they made, and it's so unfortunately for you that probably the rest of your fucking career, you're going to be paying them, at least you'll be hyped, and everybody will believe the superstar shit, <laughs> Oh, tonight I might have remaked them Okay, I'm done. The next album might be a thriller. Who knows? Maybe they'll go to the record company and invest and buy it about 20, $40 million. <laughs> You know the little tricks they do. If you download a certain so you'll get Beyonce's album for free. <laughs> And then they put them in record sales. She actually sold 50 million albums to her first <laughs> they going to do that. And all you'll do is end up more and more in the hole for them for overhyping your ass again. But well, you should just t- taking your – maybe, maybe you no know, Matthew had it in the bag. I have a theory. Shall I share an ending this Beyonce dissertation I have tonight? My theory is that the rumors was that Live Nation. I don't know what the actual deal was, but there's always there's several different rumors out here. But the rumors were that remember when Beyonce was doing well, like she was like moderate. What was it was it the crazy in love? Like, not that Matthew didn't pay some shit, like right? you know, wasn't overblown, bloating ass and stuff. So he's sitting on the Grammy board. That's just my personal opinion. Okay. My theory. But the rumor was that Narrative Nation came to him, you know, wanted to get a piece of the, tw- you know, get involved in helping the touring or whatever. And he's like, I don't need to. I'm I'm gonna do this shit on my own. That's the alleged yeah. rumor. I'm, you don't need no middleman, allegedly, out of these streets. <laughs> That's when she wasn't selling out like, you know, uh, 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 like a concert hall. I mean, she, does, she would do have a half a, you know, she, she was, her numbers were, she was real popular. But her numbers still weren't, you know what I'm saying, where they should be. So what I figure is what happened is, you know, she had a man. She was interested in Jay-Z. He was in the Live Nation. And he made her an offer she couldn't refuse. Great touring, more touring money, more this, more that, more that, more more bells and whistles. Oh, my God, we'll make you the biggest entertainer in the
2: world.
1: She bought into the shit. been a overflated balloon ever since. Matthew may have had it right. Maybe he should have moved a little slower. But I digress. Just my theory. Oh God. How awful I hear what I do? I just I burst people's ideas about their favorite celebrity. I'm sorry. Beyonce's almost a billionaire. Beyonce Corporation's probably almost a billionaire. Beyonce? Oh. Jay-Z's a billionaire. Oh, God. Oh. Corporation. I, 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 you know, they, you do understand the difference between the person and the, their corp, their, their, their straw I leave Beyonce alone. I've done a I've done enough tonight. I spoke too much. I said too much. I said much. I've got the beehive crying right now. Don't cry. Don't cry. She is a great artist. She's good. She just, she just over-inflated herself. All those awards that she didn't deserve, all those nominations that she didn't deserve. I, mean, I just want to be good. I, I want to be good. I, 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 I want to be famous. But Sade didn't want that. She chose not to. you will never be Sade, up prince. I just want to let that be known. <laughs> Put you there and over-hype you and inflate you there. But you won't be real. You'll be an over-inflated amongst the real ones. <laughs> And that's my dissertation on Harper's Bazaar. There was some moments in there, though, that you can gather. Like working real hard. I do believe Beyonce's a hard worker. I said I'm going to end this with some good things. I think she's a hard worker. I think she's been working hard since she was a little girl. I think... But she's put into her talent a lot. And I can relate to Beyonce on certain parts. It's about being quiet when you were a child and being an introvert. I get it. I get it with Scorpio. She's Scorpio, too. She's Scorpio Moon. She's got a high degree. She's a little Scorpio. She's got a lot of Scorpio on the she's Scorpio. I'm a Virgo Moon, too. I get her. But I also see the dynamics of her. Like that beautiful kid, you know, that grew up and then they made a deal, like with the devil. The devil is like the over the music industry that can overly inflate you, but then in the end, say, remember you signed your name in blood. We own your ass. <laughs> I mean, I'm not literally talking about what you Illuminati people talk about out here. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying when they you sign your name, like we own you, like you remember. Them those Rammies how, how do you think he got nominated get the press packets and, how do you think? <laughs> oh let me stop can you unravel the deals with the devil Well, I believe you can it would be hard on her though she's so used to the fame What's that song her and Jay-Z had out? The Hollywood song? Yeah, it's so the light. Like, you're blinded by the action you need that Hollywood. it. What is that song? But you can't, something. What is it? What do you do? She talking about herself. You want to touch Come to my place. She knows that she's too addicted. She can never be that. Too addicted to the light. Like cameras most people are who like that kind of thing but not at her not at the price of what she paid she's paying a different price and i call out, are we gonna have a part two yes my dissertation on beyonce lost lasted far longer than i thought it should she just pissed me off i said she was trying to be trying. So, what are the other things we will discuss on part two? Oh my God, I have so much stuff. Other stuff that we have to talk about. I get caught up in. Did we forget to talk about the bus of migrants that got dropped off? Yeah, they got dropped off in like uh, Austin, Texas, or something. They hadn't been tested for COVID. Yeah, they talking about they trying to uh, vaccinate everybody. But yet y'all you ain't, you ain't even trying to test the mobile Y'all just dropping people, it, illegal immigrants out in, 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 in cities and not testing them or nothing. Y'all, it's like it's, y'all trying to spread it. I told you I think it's a bio-warfare some shit going on out here. It might be from inside the government. I don't know. What the hell is going on right now? Then we got to talk about bad in Afghanistan, okay, and what happened there, okay? It's a hot mess. I'll probably do a part two. Maybe I'll do a part two tomorrow night, okay? I'll do – I'll try. I Don't don't hold me to it, okay? But I'll try. Uh, we got to talk about uh, Britney Spears' dead. You know what? I'm going to talk about that in a minute because I had her – did I have her on the uh, – let's see. I'm trying to think. that I have her? No, I didn't. Okay, we could talk about that in part two. Britney Spears' dead. Uh, wanting to give up the conservatorship now. I mean, you know, I don't know. I don't know if we get, if I, you know, I don't know if it went out to the atmosphere what I said, give, let the kid have her shit, but good for him, okay? Then we got to talk about CNN and MSNBC's ratings dropping like flies out in these streets and Fox soaring through the clouds. They say Fox's news ratings is even more on the rise. Can you see it in and MSNBC is dropping? Maybe over there doing too much. Okay? And we're going to talk about Lauren Hill doing her with Nah. Lauren is not humble. Let me just say this about Lauren. Okay? <clears throat> Lauren talked about being late or something. Talking about she doing, y'all don't understand, she's saving souls. I'm like, is it a kid's birthday party? Because that's what allegedly she was late one time for one of the shows, saving souls. <laughs> First off, Lauren. You know, I was like, be humble. See, a new song rapping about people talking about her being late. I'm like, be humble. You should be glad that there's still some fans out here. I mean, seriously, you yeah. Seriously, so we gotta talk about that in part two. I may do a little of it tonight in overdrive. Okay, so if you're on the phone line, stay on, and I may do a little, a bit of uh, uh, part two, and then uh, we're gonna also talk about um. Yeah. Oh, Jennifer Hudson getting Oscar buzz. I don't understand this, but, you know, the hype was clearly in for the movie ahead of time. But if you know anything, go back and look at old Aretha footage and listen to Aretha interviews, watch Aretha. You'll know Jennifer Hudson, I don't know who she was saying. She sounded like Tina Turner when she came back with that accent. <laughs> she did sound like Aretha. But well, anyway, Johnny Depp said he was shut out by the industry. We're talking about Nicki Minaj getting through. We got so much more show to talk about. I got caught up in Beyonce Evolution. Oh, we got to also talk about Jay-Z and Will Smith, too, okay? So I'm going to do, what we're going to do now is go to into Overdrive. It's, for those of you who are listening to my voice and you're on listening through the computers. I'm out. You guys have a wonderful weekend. For those of you who are on the line, stay on the line, and we'll do a couple of the stories in overdrive, okay? Meanwhile, we're going to get ready to go out. We're going to go out with uh, Maxwell something, something. Y'all know I got to put Maxwell in, right? Okay, we're to go out with something, something, and when I come back, I'll be into overdrive. For those of you who are listening to the computer lines, uh, you'll have to catch the overdrive in um, after when the archive shows come up, Okay. So meanwhile, uh, for those of you on the phone line, stay on and you can hear a couple of stories, okay? One and two. Oh, God. I'm out. See y'all. Have a good weekend. I mean, have a good week. Hello to the archive so remember you can hit me up on Carly's underscore galaxy on Instagram you can also hit me up at the of Catwood Facebook page that's where I'm at most of the time where I print the posts, the articles that I'll be talking about and stuff like that uh you can send me messages there all that stuff okay and also uh Twitter I'm you know mostly active on the C Catwood Show account, but there's also another one called Carlotta Seventy Two. So there's two accounts on Twitter, C Catwood Show and Carlotta Seventy Two, okay? If you want to hit me up. All right. I told y'all I got carried no I got carried away with the Beyonce thing, but I knew that was gonna be a long dissertation. I didn't even really break down an article like I really wanted to, you know, talk about her shit. If she <laughs> the long ass dissertation she gave, I gave one back. But listen, I'm I wrong? I said, "I said, this is failure. Is that the dismal failure? She's not a complete failure. Just a half a failure." When I say she's a failure, what I mean is that she failed to to she misjudged the time. I, this is just my personal belief. Like you miss when you and I say she misjudged the time, and a lot of artists have. I think a lot of artists misjudged the time with record, com- with record companies, not understanding the digital age was coming to be, and that they a lot of these people tried to pay for Michael Jackson hype, but could no longer do what Michael Jackson did. It's almost like they got robbed <laughs> by the record companies. <laughs> I mean, that's just record companies, but all oh, this, it's just so much overhype. That goes into uh, that went. In. I don't. I don't think people understood what went into Michael Jackson it was a different time, and I think that a lot of these a lot of these artists like Beyonce came up hoping, dreaming to be the next Michael Jackson, but not understanding that the time was a changing and a turning, and that uh, it would be a time when there was you could no longer just depend on record sales and everything and concerts to get you through. Uh, now you have to have branding and everything because the digital age has changed the game. And if you have accepted uh, a lot of the trinkets and false narratives that come along with just wanting to be famous and huge and a big star, if you accepted those little trinkets like that, you, I mean, Michael Jackson wanted it all, but Michael Jackson had a sense of where he could, he could he could deliver on it. And he still had a hard time. Prince could deliver on it, still had a hard time. I to say not so much. That's why she has to do so much. She's so overinflated. I think this is the first long rest I've seen her have. But she has she really been resting? <laughs> I mean, she's selling that blue ivy shit. I mean, I mean, ivy Park shit. I mean, she's not really resting. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm talking about her ass. Hey, she she doesn't she 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 can't be sure they are friends. That's not she's not that type of artist. She hasn't chosen her music first. She's chosen the hype first. of new machine. And That's unfortunate for her. And that's the kind of landscape she finds herself in. Anyway, let's go and say, you know, she can't even be nothing. <laughs> she can be I Alicia mean, King. I would say, listen, I would say that Alicia might have been what people call an industry plant. Like her might even be that. Her better be careful too. Her be careful. Be careful because I see you buying a lot of hype already. It's a lot of hype around you. I hope you can pay it for it. Don't do it, don't overdo it. Take your time. Um, so I say autumn features and stuff. Stop that shit, stop it, stop it. Let let some things be sacred. And I think a lot of kids are gonna misinterpret that growing up wanting to be the next Beyonce, but not understand it's uh a over balloon. <laughs> that if you stick a needle in it, it just a pop. Uh You know, uh, a lot of artists choose just don't choose that way. It's it's a lot to that. It's a lot to that game, and you have to make sure that you can deliver. And if you can't deliver, you end up caught the fuck up. Okay, so this is yeah. And I'm just mm-hmm. let's get into the other stories I wanted to tell y'all about this week. Okay, it's such an interesting dynamic though, we be Beyonce. I love to hear some take on some like some real record, gritty record executives that want to tell us like the real-ass truth and in record industry people, <laughs> like like what the massiveness of what that is. Oof. Anyway, okay, so we were talking about, oh, I forgot to talk, Nick Cannon thinks it's okay to father all them kids. Yes, he does. Yes, he, it's a damn shame out in these streets, okay? It's a damn shame how Nick is just falling. A See, a lot of men think that they can afford a lot of these kids. They think it's okay. And I'm going gonna, gonna to talk about this more in part two. But they think it's okay because they can afford these babies to go around impregnating women. You even kind of made it sound like it was these women, it's, they, you know, they know what's going on. And it's just shameful because what people don't understand is when you bring children into the world, you have to uh, establish relationship with children. And, and and it's gonna be hard for a man like Nick Cannon, who is a busy man already, and he was in show business, to give that devote that kind of time to ten and twelve children or seven and eight children. It's unrealistic, and it's sad because you leave the kids, and especially when it's not one woman, you leave the kids in a peculiar place, in a place for them to be damaged. It's just so sad, you know. I just think Nick is an idiot after hearing him on that interview. And I'm so surprised because I, Nick Cannon has always been one of my favorite people to listen to, but he's become the last few years to sound idiotic. Crazy, right? So we're going to talk about him tomorrow, okay? Uh, Lizzo, we're going to talk about her breaking down over the hate she's receiving for her and the Cardi B's video. I don't know what's going on there. We're going to talk about that Um it's just CNN, uh, the CNN, the conservatorship with Britney Spears, um, uh, McDo- we did we talk about McDonald's and salty? I don't know if we did it with them out here gaslighting, talking about salty selling these McDonald's. Uh, got her walking around here like she's eating hamburgers and fries and large cokes. <laughs> and I'm like. Uh-uh. We know she ain't eating no hamburger, fries, and Lord's Coke. Y'all cut the bullshit out. Now, come on now. When you have a hamburger and fries fry and a Lord's Coke, like, once a – if she was on there with a grass burger, I'd believe her. I don't believe you. So she she's not a good person to pick for your first person. I don't, I don't believe she's eating French fries with sauce on them. And, please gaslighting McDonald's is doing, trying to make us think we crazy out here by thinking Salty is salty or whatever her name is, is eating french fries and not gaining her weight and stuff and, and, and hamburgers and shit. And that big-ass, you see that big-ass she yeah. Come on now. And then they ain't got nothing to put a cup. She probably ain't seen a Coke in years. A Coca-Cola box. A big drink right now. They should have used her to sell a healthy meal or something like that. It's crazy. I don't know I'm, I'm over it, okay? Uh, let's see, what else? I said I'm going to do a couple of stories, but I really want to save y'all the stories. I think I'm going to save it. Oh, um, let's see. What's the one? I'm trying to think Is there one. Oh. This is one I think we can can talk about. Lollapalooza called a super spreader. Now, listen to this article. I want you all to hear this. This is interesting, okay, because in Lollapalooza in three days, okay, they had over 385,000 people show up at this event in Chicago, right? And they are saying that it is a super spreader. Now, listen to what – this is why when you know the media, a lot of times people don't read. Or pay attention to what the media is saying. You just start taking a word, and just really don't be—you know—people don't really hear them. But this is an article from uh, Van Ward Daily News dot com. It says two hundred COVID nineteen cases linked to Lollapalooza so far. Chicago officials say. Okay, says Chicago's top health official announced Thursday that roughly two hundred Lollapalooza attendees have tested positive for COVID nineteen so far in the aftermath of the four day music festival. But she said there's no indication the controversial event was a super spreader because a lot of people are running around saying it was a super spreader. There's no evidence at this point of a super spreader event and there's no evidence of substantial impact on Chicago's COVID epidemiology, says Chicago's public health commissioner, Dr. Allison Audrey Audrey, because people were having arguments that this was a super spreader and they only out of three out of three you seen Lollapalooza the pictures of it. Out of three days of 385 thousand people coming through here, only 200 allegedly got COVID, and it may or may not be linked. It was really interesting because that you know a lot of these big uh, these a lot of these people are trying to spread this idea that 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 was a super spreader, and that it's just not the case so far. Um, It says, uh, the festival was dubbed on many social media nights as Delta Palooza, with some accusing the city of putting the lucrative musical festival above the health and safety of residents. Physicians and various local health departments urged participants to get tested for COVID-19 as soon as possible following the event. Many health health experts feared the event, which attracted out-of-state visitors from potential COVID-19 hotspots, would spur a spike in cases. From my perspective, if you wear a Lollapalooza, you should be masking and self-quarantining to keep people safe, vaccinated or not. Dr. Mark Fowler, a pulmonologist and critical care specialist at Northwestern Medicine, told the uh, Chicago Tribune recently, my take is that if you wear a Lollapalooza, you have to assume you were exposed to a virus. Okay. The festival required attendees to show proof of vaccination or negative COVID-19 tests within Pre- uh previous three days, city officials have said that more than 90% of the candies were vaccinated, though there was some report of people being waved in without thorough document checks. Some festival boards believe interest checks were too quick, too quick to be thorough. Okay, yeah, you're not going to get that with 285,000 people, and it's an outside event. Here's the thing. It wasn't a super spreader. It was an event where people but like next to each other, crunched up together. Not a super spreader at all. COVID is a lot. Some of it is hype. Not all of it. It really, are people getting sick and dying. But some of it is hype. And I and my question is, for what reason are y'all doing that? It's a very interesting. COVID nineteen. I say, figure in the next fifteen to twenty years is when we'll really find out the real truth of what COVID really is, what the real deal is. But it is interesting. They were calling it all these things, that social media is often used to hype up these narratives about social spreaders, and it's just not. Some was not a on super spreader. And there's been a lot of other events outside and happening and stuff like that, not super spreaders. Interesting. The things we think, and I, sometimes what we're getting with this virus, it's very interesting. It's very interesting. I don't think, here's my personal opinion, like that doctor was saying, we need to judge you if you was a of a loser, you need to quarantine. Here's my thing. I don't think they even know enough about the virus and in different variants. I don't think they understand it because you keep hearing different things from CDC, from who, who, and this person over here, and this person. I've read so many articles. I've been reading stuff about COVID-19 since actually late January of last year before it even got into America yet. And I even listened to experts, two of the main experts in a different country on COVID-19, like back back in February of last year. They don't know enough. And I, don't, I think they're still learning themselves. And I think you have a situation where you have a president who has open borders right now, letting any and everybody come in and you talking about it's unvaccinated people spreading it. No, maybe it's it, you letting everybody in at the borders and dropping various illegal immigrants out in cities allegedly and just leaving them there with no COVID testing. You no know, that's the super spreader. Geez, what's going on with people? Is it? you know, you're telling people to get vaccinations, but on the same hand, you're not protecting uh the borders. It's crazy. Nutty. Okay. So um I wish I'm gonna talk more about that tomorrow too in one of the stories. One of the stories is gonna be about that about that. And um uh let's see. I wanted to touch on Jennifer Hudson, too. A lot of people went to see Respect this week. I always tell people, listen, you're going to like Respect. And the reason why you're going to like Respect, a lot of people are going to like Respect, is because Jennifer Hudson sings her way through it. And it's a death, great cast that is surrounding Jennifer Hudson that helps uplift her in this movie. But Jennifer Hudson either looks like, sounds like, or acts like Aretha Hudson in this movie. If you go back, watch watch. Watch respect, and then go watch Aretha <laughs> talking. So you will be like, "Who she? whose accent was that? I thought she was acting as Tina Turner. I didn't know who she was." <laughs> call me. You can call me Miss Franklin. Well, she said Miss Franklin. I prefer you call me Miss Franklin. She was trying to get. <laughs> she was trying to get Aretha, sell the draw. It sounded nothing like. <laughs> It but listen, she still did an okay, a decent job. She's just not Oscar worthy. I don't think that's Oscar worthy performance whatsoever, unless you're giving it to her for singing. If you don't give it to her for singing her way through the movie, I, I, I think you're asking someone's life story. And here's what I would prefer to see. I prefer a different movie. I prefer to see another movie done by Rita. I said I was going to give Cynthia Revo a chance. Now I haven't got a chance to sit down and watch the Cynthia Revo one. I'm going to do that. I'm going to give you my honest assessment who is the best recent? But I prefer them to do uh, uh, now go back and just see the whole Rita things and over. But they're going to overhype Jennifer her because I'm already in the Grammy. It's an Oscar buzzworthy. Oscar, Oscar. I said, people who think Oscar has never listened to Aretha talk, never paid much attention to Aretha. She she didn't ask us anything. And even Tavis Smiley, who was on the other day, he was really good friends with uh he was on uh something the other day. He's really good friends with Aretha and he wrote the same thing. He went he wrote today that he went to see the movie. He said, I was really good friends with Aretha. He said and uh, he said that, you know, Jennifer done a decent job but she neither acted nor sounded nor looked like Aretha. I said, That's and this is somebody who knew Rita personally and hung out with Rita Franklin and everything. But I can tell you that just by I'm a big fan, and I, I always I've, I've been watching Rita interviews and stuff for years. Rita, she was nothing like a Rita Franklin, movie. And I don't think she deserves awards. Now the cast phenomenal should get big time awards. Okay, love the cast. All right. Uh, so yeah, that's it, you guys. That's all that I'm going to talk about. We're going to do a part two. I'm going to come with a part two sometime this week, hopefully. I got a lot going on. We got on. Go back home. Can't see. I got a lot of stuff. Play for me. <laughs> okay? So, and, uh, you know, I yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see if I can get the part two in so that we can touch up on these stories that I didn't get to uh, touch up on in more um with more time, and you know, we, you guys can hear. You know, we can we can discuss. We, I can discuss them more at greater range. Okay, all right, you guys. Uh, you know, Beyonce fans. Like, right, listen, let me tell you something. I know some of y'all be writing me, help you. Beyonce, listen. I don't hate her. I really do like her. I explain this to them all the time. I just think she's over inflated, and I love. You know, I like bursting a balloon that I just feel is not real when there's other artists out here who 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 do great work and they don't get that hype and it's it's not a hate. I don't hate her. I just think that she's overhyped and I think, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> but I do like some of her music. Remember I touched out my theme song in school and like that's my song right there. I like that. It's a Beyonce song. Okay, hey, I'm not hate. Her. I just have a strong opinion about her, okay? All right, you guys. So thank you guys for hanging out with me like you do every week. I so appreciate you. I hope you guys have a wonderful, wonderful night. Me, what am I gonna getting ready to do? I don't know. You know, I was thinking I was going to go look at the tickets for the lights festival or whatever. They're selling pretty good. But yeah, we're trying I'm trying to decide if I should go to, you know, for this to, to see to see this. I really wanna see her. I really do. I'm really s I really I really want to see her perform. There's a couple of other artists on there I would like to see too. So I don't know. We'll see, okay. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna do that and I'm going to uh breathe a little bit. And go to bed. But you guys have a wonderful, wonderful week. The rest of your week, enjoy, 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 and I will see you uh, for part two sometime this week, okay? All right, so we're gonna leave out with I don't even know. Oh, let's leave out. I never really that with my home, uh, my hometown, one of my hometown favorites. He's from my hometown, great jazz artist, really loves style. I hope to, you know what? I hope we need to interview him one day. I like him. A lot. And I like his music. Julian Vaughn. Gonna leave that with Sway. It's the CC Show. Y'all have a wonderful one. I'm out. See ya. Good night. Mm-hmm.